Award Podcast Episode 21, go. Hi, Dan. Hi, Mason. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Alex. Mother. <laughs> it's not. It's throwing the whole thing You were already introduced. No. Yeah. Hi, Mom. All right. Hi, Alex. <laughs> Alex. Alex. Alex Rice. Mom. Hey, Mason. Dylan Elvento. Why did the hipster burn his coffee? Burn his tongue. <laughs> Why? Why? Because he drank his coffee before it was cool. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. That was good. That was actually really good. <laughs> the Real War Podcast is back. None of this windy podcast hey, hey, nonsense. Why was uh why was the skeleton lonely at the party? Guys, why? we're not doing dumb jokes. No, no body to dance with. No, wah, no body. Uh, and you're singing. <laughs> Is that a song? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it should be. Yeah, my house. I wish, the, I wish the listeners could see the the uh, they can look it. that you were showing I'll to look Alex at the right now. Oh, it's ice cold. Come we're on, throwing some serious Alex shade. Alex and I are going to go. We have a mic. We have another laptop. We'll yeah. do a mobile one. We'll walk down the street. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be the awesome. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We call it the Outdoor Walking Podcast. <laughs> the Draw <laughs> Podcast. Yeah. That's that that fantastic. The Draw Backwards on board. We're gonna we're gonna take this oh. logo. We're gonna flip it upside down. We're gonna invert the colors. Yeah, it's gonna be orange. And if you have an aim in the shield, so I don't really care. It's fine by me. What's up, guys? What's up, Mason? How's everyone doing? Pretty well. Good. We've had a war podcast with with me in it in two weeks. Oh. Dylan did one last week with Wendelin. Do you we haven't had you guys it? on. I, I listened to it. We'll put you on the spot. Anyone listen to it? I, I listened to nope. it. I listened to it. It's all right. They spoiled the shit out of Star Wars and they didn't like Star Wars. Oh, nah. Wait, what did you like about it? It was just because it's just New Hope. Like, it's there. Like, it, 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 is. Is, it is the New Hope. It is. It is the New Hope. It is yeah. the New Hope. And like, all, all the new stuff is good <laughs> and then all the not new stuff is not as good. We didn't need another fucking trench run and another goddamn <laughs> Death Star. Yeah, we didn't need that. I liked it. I, loved I love it. it. I love it. Yeah, I wouldn't have let, changed the thing. Let me, yeah, preface, let me preface it by saying I love the movie. The I've seen it three times now. I'm going to see it at least once more, maybe Good more times. God, man. Yeah, I fucking love that movie. However, it was the exact same thing as the original trilogy, which in a lot of ways was really good. I think it's what it needed to be. My my argument oh, is exactly what it needed my argument, to be. Yeah, for why it has to be that way is that you need to reestablish trust. You destroyed the trust in a lot of faithful fans for a long time. And so why should they trust if they go and see a movie that's completely... Not my Star Wars. Right. <laughs> say your grandpa's Star Wars. That's right. Um, then how are, they, you know, how are they going to say, well, we really have faith that you can do two more movies at, you know, to satisfaction? I think what this did was it established, hey, look, we hear you. You didn't like the prequels, to put it mildly. Um, so, here's a great it's movie. still canon, though. Here, yeah, it's still canon. Uh, here's a great movie that we know you'll like, and now it, it allows us to set a platform from which we can build the next two movies in a way that you're going to come in and and love it and believe it. And I think that's what they did, and I think they did it well. And I said as much last week, yeah. and I understand that just for me personally, not... You guys are pretty sober on it. Yeah, we were. These days, you guys are pretty sober on it. But I mean, what I was gonna say is that not being a huge Star Star Wars fan from the outset, like I don't need that trust reestablished. Like, yep. and also I know all the externalities of it. I know the fact that it's a different different people are running yep, the yeah. show now. It's 
If if they just gave me something from whole cloth, I would have been fine with it. Sure. Well, do the do like the two minute approximation of your big grievance or against it because I, I want you to set. So I, I I have a I've been thinking of my counter argument to your problem oh, good. for a while. Um, <laughs> I, I set and I you know. Well, I don't know because I feel like I already established that it's the fact that everything new is good and everything that they needed to repeat for the purposes of reestablishing brand trust. I, I feel, don't think that's what they were doing, well, and I disagree with Dan on that. I don't think it's a brand trust thing. I think it is. I think it's a well. Continue. Finish your finish your point. But it's like the first third half, two thirds of that movie are fine. But it's like, and it's and you can mark the point where that movie kind of gets off the rails. It's when Han Solo says, "Well, we'll just blow it up like the Death Star," <laughs> and that was just too much self awareness. <laughs> There was too much camp. It wasn't, like, it wasn't the right kind of camp that, that Star Wars does well in. Like, it can't be, like, because it's silly. You know, you have all these people running through a giant facility and they're being all dorks and stuff. Like, that's the campiness that Star Wars excels at. What it doesn't excel at is being self-aware of itself. Mm-hmm. And and I said this... But, hold up. On that point, though, Star Wars is now nearly, what, 40 years old? No, 30 years uh, old? It's 38. 38. It came out in 1977. It can grow. It has to become at least a little self-aware of itself because it's a part of, of that self-awareness. Of that self-awareness thing, though, that is J.J. Abrams. Yeah, that sure. was the hand of the director. I remember thinking that when I was watching it because when you look at the Star Trek reboot, when he did Star Trek and he did that rebooted that franchise, there were those kind of self-aware moments that um kind of to me, elbow, to me nudge that we whether whether you liked too. it or not whether it was good or not right uh, that was definitely the hand of the director um but i mean without a doubt sure but that a creative work is nothing but all the people mm-hmm. that cobbled it together so like right. things i could have problems with it could be just a casting problem yeah which i don't think there are any casting problems in that movie no, no i would agree but with it's the simple fact that i don't know they could have cast someone else for han solo let's be honest <laughs> No, I love. I uh, what love if it was Bill Murray <laughs> as Han Solo? I, 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 no, as Harrison Ford. I, I would. Why is Harrison Ford in the movie? No, alongside it, Han Solo, it's just Harrison. Like, Bill Murray as Harrison Ford as Han Solo. No, 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 alongside Harrison Ford as Han Solo. <laughs> Harrison Ford is in the movie, but Bill Murray does the press junket. So it's just Bill Murray going on the Tonight Show and everything, just doing all the interviews. I'd love it. That'd be good. I'd love it. But that was my basic thing. It was just stuff like that that was that pulled me out of it. I can see that. I I don't think there. I think um, I don't know if this was a movie that was necessarily the kind of thing that anyone's going to look at and think is groundbreaking. Um, I think certainly if you're not a big Star Wars person, um, I don't think it offers much. It certainly doesn't offer anything new. Um, so I think all of those are very valid points. Uh, I think that that all fits in. Uh, now, being a Star Wars person, we're very much growing up, having grown up with that as part of my life. Um, there were things that I think maybe someone such as yourself shouldn't have to excuse that I'm willing to excuse. Right. Uh, and I think that that's why it the movie presents itself in, in different ways to different people because of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think also that like the issue with the the not another trench run or it's the new hope, which is what you brought up originally, one of you, you, that I, I think that's okay because I mean Star Wars has always been rooted in this kind of like 
pulp sci-fi space. Mm-hmm. And pulp sci-fi is all about it's, let's tell the same story let's tell the over, same and over, story over and over and over with new. And I yeah. that's why I loved it because it was it's it's the same thing that Guardians of the Galaxy is just another pulp sci-fi yep. flick. You know, Guardians you could have taken Guardians of the Galaxy, done a big palette swap, changed the art direction. It could have been a Star Wars flick, like, sure, in a second. You know, because it's just it's just pulp sci-fi. And I'm not excusing the, the the narrative for that, but I'm saying like, I came to the movie for that. Oh, I know, but like, and I just came to the movie just seeing like having no expectations. Like, all right, JJ wowed me. I'm just like, all right, let's go see Star Wars because mm. it's Star Wars. Why wouldn't we not see Star Wars? Yeah. And at the end of the day, I was like. Like, uh, the Force isn't quite awake yet. It's, it's still a little sleepy. Yeah. General Snoke, or Supreme Leader Snoke, still oh, has some work God. to do. Yeah. Um, I agree with your point that we needed something very similar to A New Hope to tee it up. Um, but in the points where it was different, where it did excel, you can see that those are the threads they're going to pull on heavily for the, the future movies. Yes. Like, um, so if, like, if episode was eight, eight, episode eight is completely new material, it's going to retroactively make... This one better, I yes. feel. Yes, and I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And, and actually, I will say, I think in the in the long term, in the you know annals of history, when people look back at this film, yeah. it will it will largely be uh, judged by the next two films, yeah. right? And I, like you said, the next two films will really and I and I think what gives me um, hope, maybe a not new a hope? new hope. Damn it. Is an awakened hope. Uh, an awakened hope is What's that the character of Ray was phenomenal. Oh, he was so phenomenal, and I think that if you take that character moving forward, I think in capable hands, which the directors moving forward are capable. I don't know who's going to be doing the writing. Um, I think you have the the makings for a fantastic trilogy. So I was listening to another podcast yesterday. Um, what? I know, cheating on this one. Fuck. Um, what's it called? It was, um... What's it called? Fighting in the War Room. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I remember our name. Don't worry. Okay. Um, Fighting in the War Room. And one of the main points that they had that I wholeheartedly agree with is that the movie did a phenomenal job of establishing four characters really well within a 120-minute time span. Um, you know, by the end of it, you felt like these were really part of the universe. Kylo, um, Ray, Finn, and Poe. Um, all felt very substantial in ways that, um, you know, in, in the prequel trilogy, no one did by the end of it. You know, even Obi Wan by the end of three movies wasn't as it um, fleshed what are you out. I grew a beard. <laughs> yeah, Obi Wan <laughs> was just informed by what vague exactly what we knew about him. Um, so I, I think that's probably the the shining achievement of of this movie. Um, and I have a bigger beef with it at, now that I'm thinking about it, other than what we've discussed so far. Captain Phasma is the stupidest fucking character in the entire saga. I don't know. She, Phasma the, Punch. The, the wasted her character. Well, I think that that's... But you, you're applying... Like, if you hadn't seen all the pre-release stuff about her, I'm not sure you would have had the same okay, reaction. Well, how about the... So she's supposed to be the captain of the Stormtroopers, regardless of any of the promo stuff. Is it stuff. all the Stormtroopers? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, this is supposed to be this badass Stormtrooper captain. The scene where they're taking the, yeah, the scene oh, yeah. where they're taking missed, the shield. That was, the, that was my secret Santa gift. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, taking the shield generator down, she just like uh, agrees to take it down. She's got a gun to her head. She's a rational human being. She's got a gun to her head. She's a military commander. I was kinda, I, I was kind of in that camp because I was so, waiting for her to stand up and be like, "Ha, I self destruct sequence." Yeah. I, I get that she had a gun to her head, but she had a gun to her head from someone whom she had recently looked up 
had a psychological profile whom they did not believe would be capable of killing people. Yeah. So that was the that that's, was the, that's an even better there. point. He's capable of killing murderers. That's right. But Han Solo is capable of killing yeah. murderers. I, I thought it was a fine. I think she was definitely underutilized. I yeah. agree. But I'm not sure if I I take her as a. I think that that was a seed that they planted. That yeah, they, I would agree. I, I think she's going to be a bigger. And I think that her they're kind of like seeding her and Finn's big. Uh, That'd be cool. That's yeah. like her. That's like his rival. Yeah. You know what I, mean? okay. I also think. I mean, because who else is Finn? Who else is Finn running against besides? I mean, he's obviously mad about um, Kylo. Kylo. Yeah. But like you know, who Finn has a problem with the First Order? Like he, the uh, who's the the um, general? Hux. Hux. Yeah, Hux. You know, Hux and Phasma are like Finn's. Darth yeah. Vader. On. To me. Have you guys seen the emo Kylo? Oh, I had yeah, the Twitter. Yes. It's pretty good. Emo it's Kylo Ren. It's pretty good. Twitter account. The emo Kylo Ren. The funniest thing I've ever seen. is who he follows. <laughs> he follows... He follows... Uh, Darth Vader. Darth Vader and Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The early tweets were, were like, yes. at Hot Topic, like, hey, are you guys hiring part-time? Yep. Fantastic. Are you hiring part-time? Fantastic. But I saw a really good um, statement that was like, Kylo Ren is everything Anakin should have been. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, yes. That's, yep. what, that's what we were talking about last night. I saw it. And with someone who's actually a capable actor, yeah. which is nice. <laughs> I was telling Wendy, <laughs> I was like, "What? how funny it would be if Ray was not Daisy Ridley, but Lena Dunham? Then <laughs> 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 it would be the uh, ugh, girls is inferior. I, I would, yeah, yeah. Tumblr, Tumblr, shows, Tumblr driver, is going but. nuts. Um, I like, putting, I like Lena Dunham. I think she writes, I just that show Furious. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that show. Um, Tumblr has been going nuts putting Ray and Kylo Ren in like fantasy relationship situations or like trying their desperate like desperately to show a relationship between them but there's a novelization of the book of the movie out and there are a lot of lines that are very um, descriptive like it's not so much like chick lit but it is very much like you know Kylo paused romantically like kind of stuff ah yes yeah how does one pause romantically not the exact words but like a little more descriptive than than the movie, so the internet's been like, right, hold, "Be still, might be hard." Hold your nipples. Yeah. That's how you pause romantically. That's how Mason pauses yeah. <laughs> romantically. I don't. I mean, how is he gonna do it? Speaking of romance uh, and speaking of Star Wars, I saw something. Uh, over, <laughs> do, do tell. Over the last few days that I fell in love with, and that was the Star Wars Christmas special of oh, 1978. I watched that too. It's so I've bad. I've never seen this. So it was bad. what's wrong with you? It was it's written by so people that were bad. on. All the drugs that have never seen a Star Wars movie. They so deliver have, you, have you heard of this, Dylan? Oh, I've heard oh, of it. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I, but so, oh, like, the man. only photo I've seen from this is like a kid sitting in this classroom and Chewbacca's at the front of the class, <laughs> and I have no idea what's going on. To put it in the perspective, there's a full cooking segment. There's a full cooking segment. Isn't it like two and a half hours long or something? Like a full cooking first ten minutes. Well, there's there's one brief scene at the very beginning. To introduce it, we'll watch it, and then the first ten minutes of the actual thing are <laughs> Chewbacca's Wookiee family talking to one another. Life Day, but there's no subtitles, so that. it's still it's ten minutes. It's not just ten, ten minutes. minutes. It's ten like, minutes it's like of twenty. A good fucking portion whoa, of the <laughs> for ten is minutes. Wookiee. And then the it's a variety show. The way your Wookiee call goes, I imagine it's like peanuts. So you just see the feet <laughs> yeah. of the Wookiee. Yeah. No, no, you see the. But it, that'd be better. Fun that'd fact better. about the 1978 Star Wars Christmas special. Do you know the relevance of it? What is important it about it? It introduced Boba Fett. It introduced Boba Fett. And they were supposed to introduce Lando Carlisian. 
But really? they couldn't get Billy D to come do it. <laughs> Smart. Good on Billy D. I heard um, Carrie Fisher gave George Lucas a copy of it one year for either Christmas or his birthday. George Lucas she literally ha- bought she has the rights a- to all of them so that no one could release it. She has them. a copy of it, and, and the... the the joke is that she likes to put it on when she has guests at her house that she wants to get rid of. So I listened to I listened to a podcast oh that actually talked about the history of this special. Wait, was it How Did We Get Made? Yes, or no, not How Did This Get Made. It was stuff you should know. Um, That's the same like company, isn't it? I think so. No, How Did This Get Made? It's from the guys who do uh, Comedy Bang Bang. Oh. But um, but anyway, they were talking about it, and apparently it was originally supposed to be wolf? an hour. Um, and, and then there were so many people that wanted to advertise oh God. during it oh, no. that they stretched it to two hours. No. And really, they only had half an hour of content to begin with. Wait, is the one so, you watch have the commercials in it? Um, the one that I That's watched. That's the best part of it. Is I, the, all these. Uh, oh, no, they no. skipped them. Like old shit like from the 70s? Yeah. All these awesome, awesome commercials. It does have the thing at the beginning. Oh, it's like, like a Pepsi or Coca-Cola ad. It's this just, presentation of Star Wars Christmas special is brought to you by Ford. <laughs> Ford, bringing you cars. But it's also... <laughs> no, 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 and you know why it is? It's because... So all car advertising in the 70s, because there was no foreign market. Right. The import market didn't exist yet. So all car commercials were just about... We make we like working here. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> you had, there's no competitors. I mean, there yeah. was, but it was it was Ford and, and GM. It was it was impressive. So I highly recommend uh, you go. You can find it on I YouTube. Just about the beginning. Go watch. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. It really, that's not, it's, it's, it's not. It's not. That's not verbatim, but it's something like that. It's it's really bad. I I skimmed the entire thing. Once I got past like a uh, first ten minutes of the Wookies, I was like, "Fuck this!" and just like jumped it's around. So it's so bad. It's so, so bad. bad. So you can't get this legally. No, no, no. no. George so, Lucas. I wasn't lying. No, he okay. literally thing, bought the rights. Well, yeah, well, that's why I wanted to make the sure. The whole thing is on YouTube. All right. Yeah. Yes, but you can see it on YouTube. Don't, don't watch it. The, the best one, it's like this Ohio affiliate, CBS affiliate, I think. <laughs> oh, uh, that was like... <laughs> Just that's, that alone. That's the best. So, so what, what, what I found really amazing is this podcast. They actually looked it up. Uh, apparently, in 1978, a, the average cost of a VCR was $1,000, which translates to $3,800 in 2015. You're shitty. So me. we have some really weird rich people in the 1970s <laughs> to long. thank for the for this being on YouTube. Well, now. because VHS wasn't because VHS was didn't was become a thousand dollars. All about a thousand dollars for the... a VHS player but, recorder. Holy shit! Before VHS, that's like when the DVD players came out in like 1999. Thing, yeah. Right, or Blu-ray players. Like when, remember when PlayStation 3 was the cheapest Blu-ray player you could get at $600? Remember, remember when PlayStation 2, the only reason that it won the console wars the way that it did was because everybody really wanted a DVD player that was cheaper oh, than a DVD shit. player? Reno I DVD one? Porn. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Same with Blu-ray. So I have, I, have, I have an HD DVD player. Yeah. Wait, you, wait, you still have one? I still have one. It's, oh it's part God. of my... Uh, yeah, yeah. Xbox 360. Is that next to his fucking virtual boy? It's, uh, what's that? <laughs> and his fucking. Like, do, you, do you have a Betamax case? <laughs> 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 don't be proud right. of that, Dan. So, <laughs> fuck you. One of my friends growing up, his dad had the original Star Wars on LaserDisc. And so we would watch That's the original cool, Star Wars though. on these giant ass LaserDiscs. That's why it worked for kids. We had, I'm sure it is. Well, I remember in like elementary school, we had we, no one used them, but we had the LaserDisc players. Like, we watched the, them a on lot. the trolley. Yep. And there's just this giant ass. It's like. Is someone putting in a pizza in it's, here? Like, yes, what is it's this? huge. They're like, know they're like this big. The most disappointing I've ever been. What? It's no. not, this is an exaggeration. Was it your birthday? Is it right now? No, it's not. Well, fucking. <laughs> it was minutes ago when we all got here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still playing video games. Um, 
No. <laughs> but actually, my, my teacher in fifth grade, I distinctly remember this, was like, we're going to watch a laser disc. And when you're fifth grade Mason, you think a laser disc is going to be the <laughs> fucking coolest thing ever. You're like, is it going to be a CD made of laser that's going to put a hologram in the room? No, it was a shitty quality giant DVD. And DVD players have been out by then. And like we had one at home. And I'm like, this is stupid. He's like, you got to rewind it. I'm like, I wish you could rewind this out of my life. <laughs> so, anecdote. <laughs> so the Star Wars Where did you get it? Did you watch it online? Or? Oh, shit, on YouTube. Did you make Kelly watch it? Uh, Kelly and Kelly's dad and my brother-in-law. Oh, You're my. a monster. What did you do to you? We sat, we sat did there. Did you give her the divorce papers after you watched it? <laughs> this was on, impression of the Grinch on Christmas. On Christmas. We, uh, we had just watched uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. As you did. We, we always do. And when we got done with that, we normally watch... Um, Muppets Christmas Carol nice. and it was kind of late in the day and I was like you know what we could also watch this other thing that I've got and so it's like you have it in a metal case open it up it's like the Pandora's box open up the box like like smoke comes out fast no I think you, you just it just fucking falls out of you like the yeah. yeah. thing it is like, it, it the is. DVD's like guest starring Jefferson Starship I heard about that wait wait how part. long did it take for despair and discomfort to set in amongst your family? Oh, we all, we, I mean, we, we all started like looking at our phones and reading about it as it's we were bad. watching it. And so it ends up being this thing that it's, you know, they, my, to, to put it into perspective, my father-in-law, one of his favorite shows of all time is Mr. Science Theater 3000. So okay. it's one of these things. Pretty much my favorite which show. Which I've also, I've yeah. never seen. Oh, thank God. Okay. It's fantastic. Uh, it is fantastic. And, uh, being kickstarted currently to come With back. Jonah yeah. Ray on and it. Pat Oswalt. Nerdist. Mm-hmm. Pat Oswalt. And uh, yep. Felicia Day. Yep. Yeah, but all that matters is you have Joel and Mike. <laughs> yes. So, um, anyway, so to put it into perspective, watching bad TV and commenting on it is has a history in that house, so this was not a... This was not without precedent. It's bad. It's bad. Also... It's really, really bad. When I first saw it, I just couldn't figure out they live in like this, like normal house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like in a, a tree. house from the seventies. In a tree, it's Chewbacca. Where's this normal Chewbacca's house? Family. It looks like a normal house set. Yep. So when you say Chewbacca's family, you mean Chewbacca's the dad. And what uh, dad. Chewbacca has a wife and a child oh, and his father. And it, so and he has to, like the Simpsons, <laughs> where he's like all senile. He is. He is yes. He's got. He's like grumpy. But does like a Chewie or Han say, "I get you home"? Yeah, so it's, he has to get home for get life home for day. life day, buddy. Life so he's day. home one day a year. No, one day every three <laughs> years. Every three, three years. years. Once every three That's years. That's fucked up. Deadly fucking dead <laughs> in the world. And here he is in Force Awakens yep. flirting with a nurse. Is he a deadbeat? Is it, it's like a military dad. He's no, just, I think no, overseas. Military dad he's a deadbeat smuggler. on the year. Chewbacca's like, no, I'm going to go smuggle giant ball aliens <laughs> to eat people. Yep. Fuck you, kid. It's got some uh, of the worst acting. It's uh, canon ever. Still, Stop is it? it? No, no, no. Disney did not say it's still no, canon. No, no, I thought that anything no. that was filmed part of the Legends category. No, no, yeah, the original, the six movies. That's what they call it. Now. And Clone Wars and any any comics by Marvel. Yes. Yeah. All the books. No. Nope. Like, Republic Commandos. No, that's oh, considered non-canon. extended universe. Books what, are, right, which is yeah. non-canon. Yes, non-canon. Oh, non-canon. Yeah, I yes, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Is the Christmas yeah. tree the, in the Bible? You know what's not canon anymore? The original animated 
Clone Wars. That's a shame. It is a shame. Um, I watched that the other day. Nice. It's so good. The one with like the shorts that are like five minutes long. Do you know they're still bringing back... I can't pronounce his name. They're bringing back Samurai Jack. They are. I saw that trailer the day I was talking to someone... Uh, trying to get well, yeah. Was, we, we were talking about Clone Wars, and then the trailer came out like an hour later. <laughs> it's like we summoned it. Check, check, check. Interesting. Well, because now ah, we're, we cool. are of, of age where we have buying power, we have spending money. Yeah, right. God Some marketer damn. like heard us. And they're like, "Oh shit, push that shit out there." What's, what's, what's the brains? What's the most <laughs> yeah. obscure, like nostalgic thing that could come back that our Generation would be cat dog, dude. They're already cat bringing dog. back cat dog. <laughs> they're they're bringing dog. back a section of Nickelodeon. They're bringing back, yeah, like Hey Arnold and Rugrats. Yeah, really? And it's, it's it's like the band that I grew up on. Wait, so new, it's like <laughs> wait, no, has there's like, new episodes. No, there's new Hey Arnold. It's like Boomerang. Oh, but they have yeah, basically like a, a hour slot that's all old shows. Okay. But they Which are wait, but there's a new. They have Arnold good content. Episodes. They have a what good the backlog. It's like it's like Nickelodeon's virtual console. Yeah. Wait, how long has new Hey Arnold been going? Uh, they just announced it like a month ago. I, apparently, I found out about New Teen Titans when I was home this time, and I was like, what like, the fuck is this? Third New Teen Titans? Well, because there's like Teen Titans, there's and Teen Titans, like Teen Titans Go, or whatever the. Yeah, was that the one in. Well, um, the one that I saw was by Phil Barusa. Yeah, the Chibi one is. Wait, well, I how saw... Chibi? There's like Chibi, and then there's like Super Chibi. The Teen Titans that I watched growing up was the one. Not growing up, when I was in like middle school. Was the one that had the intro. That was done by the two Japanese singers. Yeah. Okay. But then they made like a one that's even more Japanese than that. Where it's right. like, this is their heads. No, that's, that's what I saw. Yeah, no, but there's one. No, but there's like, like super shibby. Yeah. Is it shibby? So, wait, is, there, so is it not the current one that's on there now? I don't know about I don't, the current one. The one that you watched, the one you were just talking about, is not the one that's currently on. The one that's currently on, they're all ghost on. Okay, the, the one I'm thinking of, they're not QC. This conversation's going nowhere. Yeah. I apologize. We just need titles to these things. Titles They're all what? called T-Titans, except for T-Titans Go. Um, um, well... Ben 10. So... I, I some, on I, the show notes I just I passed the age where I would have watched that when I was on the air. Well, I had a little brother, so... I watched a lot of Dora the Explorer. Through my so brother. Fucking... Uh, what's his name? The little robot. Uh, he's grandma. Roly poly Oli. He's roly poly Oli. He's soft and squirting around. soft and squirting around. And in the land of crows and whirls, he's the strongest, he's the swellest kid around. I'm the wrong person to be asking nope. about this. <laughs> Howdy. You, know, you, would have, you would have been like 800 like four, years old. 48. Not only am I, not only am I older than all of you, I have no younger siblings, so I don't have that like. So you lucked out. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, well, it's cool because I have all the younger siblings. So you, so so you are still something. familiar with Santa's Santa is still real <laughs> yeah. in my house. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> Does that give you any idea? Wait, really? Yeah, so I'm like, I get home oh God, Christmas hilarious. Day at 2 a.m. like hammered with my brother because that's what You're my family does. <laughs> so then my dad's like, oh, right. oh. my dad with us too. And we've been playing foosball for like three hours drinking. He's like, we got we got to be Santa. So my <laughs> So, and my stepmom's like, oh my god, because she went home a long time ago to the big Christmas Eve party. So, <laughs> we're like just, zoom, <laughs> throwing shit around. My dad's like, breaking cookies up. He's like, Santa sat on the cookies. And I'm like, it's not even funny. That's not even funny. It like, shatters the milk glass on the ground. <laughs> Santa's here. No, it's not. It's Santa's not. Did I, did I tell you guys about the Christmas song that I that I found on the John Denver Christmas album? No. Please, 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 daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas. Okay, don't say that fun. Please, Daddy, we don't like get drunk. We are just very Christmas. 
I don't want to see my mama cry. Oh, that, that is the actual song. Well, now recent... we have to like ban the podcast because you broke copyright violation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes it a parody. It's please everyone, don't get drunk for That's right. That's well, please so, everyone. They used to, we used to, cause when you have like 80 billion divorced families, you have to like run around. So now my dad starts throwing this big party at their house, and then like all of our friends and family come. Yeah, and now it's just become this thing where like That's you fun. just drink yeah. and play. It's all it's it's awesome, but now I have to get used to being hungover at six a.m. And Parker wakes up and he's like, "Sarah," and I'm like, oh. <laughs> "No, I wasn't. I wasn't that Riley though, because Riley, my little brother, woke up." And was still drunk. Oh. So he goes and Riley. That's like freshman college. <laughs> yeah, kid. He's twenty one this weekend. Oof. Oof. Uh, he turns twenty one on New Year's Day. He's a New Year's baby. New Year's uh, Day. Oh. But you think they'll let him in? Oh yeah. Your your ID lets you in twenty four hours before. Uh. So. <coughs> Wendy's family does something similar to that, where she like invites her, um, their one aunt, like her family and her aunt's family, all trade off houses. And she only has one aunt. No, she has. Two aunts, but like one of them does stuff with their other side of their family. How many uncles? How many uncles? <laughs> How many ankles? Well, if there's one, so tell, 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 tell the story. So they also invited their neighbors, and that's what we did. Fa- yeah, Wendy's family is a bunch of big drinkers, and this guy, their what neighbor, their their neighbor was like trying to p- push fireball shots on everyone. He like pulled out. He's like shot fireball. I gave my gra- I gave my you. grandma my seventy five year old grandma to a fireball oh, last year on Christmas Eve. How'd she respond to that? She's like, "Oh, this is good." Let's <laughs> go to taste buds. She's a nice lady. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> what the fuck? Venom Brown is a fucking. She could kick your ass. She can't see anything. But... <laughs> she she needs to kick just, your ass. She's kicking your face. But yeah. <laughs> she's where I got like my sarcasm. My sarcasm. 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 And my inability to speak apparently. Thanksgiving. Yeah, whatever. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Christmas party. So, I was going to ask you guys, per my show notes that I made. Did you have show notes? All right, good. Someone's responsible here. Yeah. It's not um, like I was responsible for Well, you brought episodes. it up, and, and it was funny they brought it up. So, like, you know, this is the Ward Video Games Podcast, where we never talk about video games, and we're going <laughs> to keep that trend going. So, like, what were your go-to Christmas movies? Ooh. Mm. Now, because we only have about a week where this still matters, and then we can't fucking talk about it. And I want to talk about it last time. What are your go-to New Year's Day movies? <laughs> well, Charlie Brown New Year's is New the Year's worst, the worst thing ever. Um, He's just all the Peanuts kids. It's so bad. Oh, is it real? It's real. I've never oh, heard of it. It's real. It's so bad. And I've seen a lot of Peanuts movies. Yep. Bon I thought Voyage, I should Charlie Brown. be them, like, hungover. That would, <laughs> that would be great. Peppermint Pad, Chuck! Chuck! Um, Who's the piano player? Uh, Schroeder. Schroeder. Schroeder's just like still asleep on the piano, face down. <laughs> Alright, so what's your um, what's your go to, Alex? You go. Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare. Uh, well, I could have guessed that. Yeah, right. That's surprise. Pretty, pretty, yeah, that's, that's a good one. So, do you put that in Christmas or Halloween? So Christmas, actually. For me, that's not a Christmas movie. For me, it's I a love that movie. Love that movie, but it's a Halloween movie. For me. I'm with you. I watch it on Halloween. Mm. I think it's because I don't really like. Most other Christmas movies. Yeah, I'm not saying there aren't any good ones, but off the top of my head, I'm only judging you silently. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's Nightmare Before Christmas for me. It's, like, I mean, it's not a battle, and that's probably the besides Edward Scissorhands, the Tim <laughs> nice. Burton movie that I can most tolerate. No, wait, did he do Beetlejuice? He did Beetlejuice. He did Beetlejuice. I fucking love Beetlejuice. Love Beetlejuice. What about, what about Michael Keaton Batman? Did he did the uh, first two? Right there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, right. I can't take it seriously because of this thing. What, what, he explain can't what you're doing. That's, oh, that's he how Batman, that's how Michael Keaton turns. He can't turn his head. Like, Batman. It's oh, like okay, full it's body. a full body. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway. So. Okay. Me. Elf. Not me too. Oh, okay. Love Elf. Elf. Um, never Jim seen, never hates seen Elf. Elf. He hates Elf with like love it. Watch that's wow. the reason. So Elf is the movies really depend on who I'm watching them with. Um, Elf for me your, is your with, wife's parents. Is, is, uh, no, is four Christmases. Uh, yeah, no, actually, <laughs> my father-in-law and my brother-in-law. It's Woodland Critter Christmas from South Park. Wow, um, <laughs> is, is a tradition. Yeah. Wait, is that? That's, that's, that's where Satan, Satan impregnates the porcupine. Right, I was about to say, that's the, the new one, right? Like, that, didn't that come no, out like a year ago? Christmas came out like 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, that was around, because I watched in high school with my friends. Yep. Huh. But isn't it's, there like a Happy brilliant. Critter episode? There's the Happy Tree Friends episode. No, 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 not Happy Tree oh. Friends, but the South Park. There is a, so the Woodland Critters. With like the cubs, like the, like he kills the, um. The mountain lion cubs, yeah, yeah. That came out a while ago. Really? Yeah. Because I saw that like. A month or two ago, I was yep. like, "Oh, this it's new episode." One it's of those brilliant. things where it's, it's, it's brilliant. Comes but um, uh, I love the movie White Christmas um, because Black I Christmas. like musicals. That's right. <laughs> and apparently, I'm racist. Um, and then uh, the two that I mentioned earlier: National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and Muppet Christmas Carol. Those are those are. The I watched four... Muppet Christmas Carol before I went home with you. I can't remember the last time I saw Muppet Christmas Carol. I also no, have I a weird know. affinity for the really. Like drugged out claymation ones from the seventies, yeah. Like the heat miser, snow miser. Oh, I love that. Yeah, shit like that. Heat yeah. miser. Ah, one of those just hundred yeah. or one. Yep. So I, I used to. I I like those I like those a lot. Um, My neighbor growing up would sing that song around the holidays when he would drink. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love it. Uh, what? Because those ones get really obscure. Like, there's a Pinocchio Weird. Christmas one. Like a little boy. Yeah, but, like, those are, like, the go-to Jack ones. Jack Frost. But, yeah, there's a Jack Frost one. That's, I like, the more obscure Rudolph ones. Rudolph and Santa Jack Claus Frost is coming to Yeah, town. but they get obscure. Like, there's a, a Frosty and Rudolph Christmas in July. Yeah. That's made by the There's another one that's, like... No, but it's from that era. No, there are some from that era that are just really weird. That's what I mean, but I think that was the cashing on that. Because I think Rudolph struck a chord, Frosty struck a chord. Rudolph was the original. Rudolph was the first, that, like, Claymation animated, and it was, it was uh, aired on CBS, and has always aired on CBS, um, with Hermie the Dentist. (laughs) <laughs> and, that's right. And I think my dad's obsessed with that dentist. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, he's an elf. He's not a dentist. Everybody's yeah. always inspiring. Like, he'll always break out there. I want to be a dentist. Have and you seen? I'm not going to advertising. Have you seen the Easter <laughs> one? Have you seen the Easter one? No. Yes. All right. I so have. there's Easter oh, bunnies God. coming to da- town, and then the narrator for Santa Claus is coming to town in wow. it. But instead of having a sl- or a car, he it's spring, and he has a. Um, anthropomorphic train that he rides. <laughs> the train talks like Thomas the Tank Engine. He's telling That's the story awesome. about the Easter Bunny oh, and how the Easter Bunny came about. That's awesome. Hmm. Um, my go-to is also National Lampoons. We yeah, watched. We used to watch it every Christmas Eve. Though we didn't this year, which was weird. I was like, huh, no National Lampoon. I love it every year. I think it's it funny the older I get. It, it's and it's still funny. The right the the writing is fantastic. The performances are mm-hmm. brilliant. I mean, there are so many scenes where Chevy Chase. Who is dog shit now as as an old man who no longer does cocaine? But back when he was just fueled by cocaine, dude, my god, <laughs> he was brilliant. Um, he was brilliant. European. Fletch, oh, I've never seen Fletch mm-hmm. rocks. Mm-hmm. There was Fletch. A, there was like the Chevy Space, like Chevy Space, Chevy Chase, <laughs> SNL Chevy Space. heyday man, where he just yeah. Chevy he Spacey. was awesome. Chevy was Chase, so Chevy Space. Well, of course, there's, there's Caddyshack, one of the oh, greatest films of all time. And you got Bill and Murray, and yeah. Bill, yeah, Bill Murray and, and Chevy Chase is. I love that Rodney movie because that's where Bill Murray is like 
the lesser known character. Yeah. Well, Bill Murray's also character acting in that. So that he kind of grew in his where Bill Murray that plays scene Bill Murray. in Caddyshack mm-hmm. between the two of them um, was completely improv. There were there were no there was no written script for that. It was just completely improv. Oh, where he comes into his shed and they smoke they smoke the joint together and all that kind of stuff. But the funny thing is, apparently they didn't like one another, so it was completely improv. But they really did not like one another and kind of ended up doing that scene. And I guess they started getting along after that. Wow. But, Have you read the um, book about SNL? No, no. no it's on the air. Is it on the air? I think I think it's something like that. Yeah. yeah. They talk a lot about all the. It's like a big high school when you work at it. It's not the Jay Moore book, is it? Mm, I don't know. It's like a tell-all. Cause this is this is like from that one. era though. Okay. They talk about like the Belushi. Probably a ton of books about SNL. What's that one with Trevor Chase and Dan Aykroyd where they play spies? Spies, spies like us. Spies like us. Spies like us. Movie rocks. Um, I've only ever seen that. So no, no Christmas story for any of you guys. I've never seen it. I've never, I've never seen it either. So this year, I recognize the references, but I've never seen it. Did you yeah. see this? I've seen it. I really like Christmas Story, but have you seen this bullshit on TV this this year? It's Christmas Story too. I have seen parts of that. I have not seen Christmas Story. <laughs> I have seen parts of. I that. remember when Christmas and Story two came terrible. out. You want if you want to talk about a cash grab? Yeah. that movie is the saddest, yeah. most oh, base. Yeah. Most, it came out a few oh, years, but it was made yeah. for TV, right? I, it looks yeah, like it. Uh, Hallmark Channel probably. So I will say that I uh, Kelly loves watching uh, the like. Hallmark Channel sappy Ugh, terrible lifetime. Christmas so, like, movies. My uh, she knows she knows I won't watch them with her. So like usually it'll end up where if I'm out doing you something you make with her friends. watch the Star Wars Christmas special, but you can't watch. Movie. <laughs> she actually wanted to see that because she she was listening to the podcast with me explain it. So she was it was more a morbid curiosity. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I'll catch the tail end of sometimes of some of these Hallmark Christmas specials, and they're just so. So bad, so oh, bad. Yeah. Um, and every shot's like shot with like all this like they had to put Vaseline on the edge of the camera. Like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck yeah. happened here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but Christmas Story, you know, and I think Christmas Vacation falls in this too, where there's no one. What's cool about those movies? And I read, who did I read? Or someone wrote an article about it, where it's like there's no no one trying to end Christmas like in the Grinch. Like it's literally just about, which is why they are good year after year. Because it's not this good versus evil conflict. It's like, as you age, you identify with different parts of the family, which is why Christmas Story is so cool. Because there's all the different age stratification, mm-hmm. and then in Christmas Vacation, you kind of know where you fit into that. You're either like you're trying to make Christmas work with your whole family, or you're 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 watching your dad melt down, or you know your mom smoking cigarettes. Cause yeah, uh, you mentioned the Grinch, and that's one I had forgotten about that I do watch every year. Both of them, the animated love... one and the Jim Carrey I one. Don't, Jim Carrey, I, I do not good. like the Jim, the Jim Carrey one. I do, um, just because the set as design much. is nuts. It's okay. Fair. Like I love the set design. I appreciate it, but it's not it's not a tradition for me. It's not a we have to watch this every year that sort was... of thing. The way the original animated Boris Karloff narrated. Grinch is. And that's how mm. the, so the animated one's like one my mom always wanted to watch with us growing up. Right. So we watched it all the time and then when the Grinch came out it was like a big deal and then that became. I remember going to, I think I might have seen I the like Grinch it. in theaters. I, I enjoyed it. Theaters. But mm. it wasn't, it, it didn't become a holiday staple for What's the staple holiday movie this year? Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> what? That's not even... Empire <laughs> Strikes Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard yes. is a great Die Hard Christmas, is a Christmas movie. Die Hard for is sure. a great Christmas film. So, but every... It seemed like when I was growing up, there was like, there was like, hey, 
the Grinch is coming out this year, or uh, the, like, you mean like weird Christmas reboots? Well, you, you see Christmas movies. I was thinking about this while I was at home. It's like you know, there Fred were, Claus. Yeah, oh Christ! Oh. But like like that. There's always like one or two. Christmas themed movies. Oh, Christmas. 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 Try, try to well, no, but there's a, there's a oh, weird thing, yeah. but I think that we grew up with these Christmas movies, and now there's these adult Christmas movies coming out, like Krampus, Krampus, Krampus good. and the Seth Green one, Seth Rogen one. Oh, like, I did the oh, night before. No, I actually saw the night I heard before. that was pretty good. I heard it was, it really was it, if you're into the that whole school of humor, if you like Seth, if you find Seth Rogen and James Franco and funny. Judd Apatow and Judd Apatow funny you will enjoy the film I enjoyed the film mm-hmm. I could see how other people wouldn't I did um, I love Knocked Up I love Knocked Up I, love I think Knocked Up and I love Forgetting Sarah 40 year old virgin uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall Superbad I love Superbad Superbad, Superbad is one of my favorites for some reason yeah. I did. like Superbad but I like I don't know what it's like I own this and I own Super Mario Brothers the movie and it's like what is my what is my taste <laughs> yeah I don't like Super the new Star Mario Brothers the movie. Wow. <laughs> we were talking about that. Alex and I were talking about that because I was going to bring that up. We said yeah. you made Kelly watch uh, the Star Wars Christmas special because I had Wendy watch Super Mario Brothers and she with, fell asleep. With like, right, you guys, is it like Bob Hoskins in that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, it's Bob no, Hoskins is Mario. Mario best job John Leguizamo. Leguizamo is Luigi. Oh, and I thought God. it was the coolest movie when I was a kid. I hated it. As, even as a I kid, didn't, I hated it because I too. was like, "That's not a fucking Goomba." Yep, that's Yoshi, exactly. Yoshi looks yep. like a shithead. Yep. Why is he wearing a suit? Why? Right. Who's the actor that plays Bowser? Oh, De- Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Yep. Dennis, yeah. when, even when I was like a little kid, I'm like, "Something's wrong with that man." Dennis Hopper was just no. fire. What's wrong with the Koopa Kid? I didn't like it. Like I love Dennis Hopper um, because you know I was playing Mario and into Mario. And when that movie came out, I just remember being like, this is not Mario. Nope, nope, sorry. And he's like, like, Mario, it. Mario, and I'm Luigi Mario. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? It's the Mario yeah. Brothers. Obviously, it's their last name. No, those some, sh- some writers did like a line of coke. He's like, I just need a last name. Well, you've heard the house, like, the everyone was wasted during the film. Oh, oh I'm sure. Oh, just oh, like, Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo is just drinking the I'm entire sure. time. Um, I like John Leguizamo. You know, I haven't actually seen that movie, I think, probably since it came out. I, I should, I should rewatch it. The thing is, I think it. I might have seen it originally there, too. I was so excited. I was like, what the fuck? So this live-action Mario movie? It's going to be the best night of my life. Nope. <laughs> the thing is, it's like, I think as a kid... disappointments. <laughs> I think I latched on to the concepts of that. Like, I yeah. think Bob Hoskins would, is a awesome Mario. Mm. John Leguizamo, maybe not the greatest Luigi. Maybe, not Luigi. But, like, just... There are nuggets... Of greatness in that movie, you mm. just gotta you just gotta dig through a you lot know of shit. Be Luigi. You should be Luigi. Daniel Day Lewis. Or he's a plumber man. He was, <laughs> not he more. Was, I have dressed in green and plumbing for nothing but for, for six wasn't months before Link- I prepared for this role. <laughs> wasn't he Lincoln too? He, he was. was. He, was he was incredible in Lincoln. Yeah. But he's he's known for his method acting. So he was he was in a movie once where he was in a wheelchair as a character. And so in his real life, he made people like lift him up and put him on the toilet to take a shit because he would not use his legs. You know what I would... Do you know the amount of commitment that he brought to that role? Lincoln? Yeah. You, no, no, like I, any role. Oh, it's incredible. That's... It's incredible. It's it's both awesome and also I could never no. do that. Because I... Oh, God, as soon as someone's be like, I, I gotta poop, you gotta like carry me over there. And I'm, I'm like, never mind. I'm, I'm out. I'm I'll out. take care of this myself. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Dylan. Thank you for being on board, though. I heard he still used his cell phone um, while he was filming for Well, Lincoln. wait, wait, wait. You wait. do know that Abraham Lincoln used his cell phone. Wait, That's no, how they won the fucking Civil it. War. Wait for it. Here, here's the best part. Close so, that airstrike. He, when message. he was texting 
Um, was it uh, Sally Fields? What's the name of his co-star? Um, the wife? The woman who played the wife. He would text her Mary. in character. I love you, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry about her child. <laughs> <laughs> Dear, dearest wife, <laughs> tis been six six fortnights since last we texted. So you know how like you make up facts when you're a kid that you just assume are true your whole life, and then you find out like later on they're yeah. not. I was convinced that Abraham Lincoln was famous, a because he was president, but b because of Lincoln Logs, and that was like his big. <laughs> that was his like cashing. That's how he struck gold. <laughs> like everyone knew he was like a, a hero, like a, a an it was, innovator. He was a phenomenal vampire hunter. Yeah, <laughs> he was the one who named a group of raccoons the business. That's true. That, that, what, what, was, what was the actual group of animals that we found out? Oh, what was a group Could, of raccoons? We, we looked it up. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. I think it was like weasels or something. Someone's actually yeah, yeah, there, there. Actually, is like a group of like rodent-like mammals. So business, talking right? about things he believed you're a kid, they're just plain stupid. Did I ever tell you the story of how I... I thought, thought you were like, Santa! Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you God! This, <laughs> I tell you oh, oh. <laughs> no, I was a leader. Oh, <laughs> um, they ever tell you a story how I thought I invented reruns? Like TV show oh, reruns? Oh, God. The so, TV show reruns or like the concept of The reruns? concept of reruns. Wow. How I thought I like broke TV for right. myself. <laughs> how old were you? I was like six 18. or seven. So I was, an ego. When I was at home once and I don't even, I was just like middle of the day and I turned on the TV in the living room and the Jetsons was playing and I ran into the bedroom and turned the TV on there and Jetsons started playing in there so I was like running back and forth like just trying, I was watching the delay on both of them and in doing so, and that was the first time I like saw that episode of uh, Jetsons. And then, like, a couple days later, I watched The Jetsons again. It was the same episode. And I had never seen, like, a rerun of a show before then. Mm. So I was convinced that I broke television <laughs> and caused, like, reruns to happen. And I was not going to see as much original stuff anymore. That's pretty good. Six-year-olds worried funny. about original content. That's, yeah. that's, that's funny. I would have thought that I had somehow managed to go back in time. I also used to think that when I could hold my one hand up to this eye and still see that I could see through my hand. <laughs> That's a real thing. That's I also awesome. stare at the sun a lot. <laughs> Back in high school, there was like one notable day where we're sitting in the parking lot and one of my friends stands up, he screams, it's time to play Stare at the Sun game! And he just stares at the sun. And then, then like three of us did the same thing. Oh my god. Group thing. You're too old for that. <laughs> I think that's the only episode of Invader Sim I've seen where he stares at the sun to try to figure out how to get home. Ah, my squealy spooch! So, uh, Chris's movies, as we were talking about. Invader Sim. One I just remembered. Um, Love Actually. Really good movie. Really good movie. movie? I like Love Actually. Don't watch it around Christmas, usually. Yeah, I usually kind of shows up. That's the kind of thing that I usually fall into watching on Mm -hmm. accident. That'd be my sister's pick for Christmas movies. My mom is obsessed with Peanuts, just in every capacity, for some reason. Like the shelled version or the cartoon? <laughs> like the butter? <laughs> um, Dylan's mom loves butter. <laughs> Peanut butter. Like, she had, we had our main Another tree, butter. and then on the side we had a smaller tree that was just Peanuts ornaments. Because that's how mm. many Peanuts ornaments she owns. Is that your tree? From Homer. Yeah, that's my tree. Oh, Daryl, no. you get your present from your little tree. Oh, boy. Nice little of the uh, kids' table, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. But still, fucking So, Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. Which is good. Um, yeah, but, like, I didn't like Charlie Brown Christmas as a kid, and I didn't like Peanuts, the yeah, comic either. strip, as a kid. I um, loved Peanuts. Because I would read it and be like, it's okay. What's the punchline? 
Yeah. I was given when they made that anthology book. The big one. The big one. <laughs> That's like five of them. No, no, no. I was given the one. It was right when, it was before Charles Schultz had, had passed away. Um, but it's just about, it was from the beginning of the comic through kind of like the prehistoric Far Side. Have you ever read that? Oh, All about Gary Larson's so process. Much. I love, yeah, yeah Far Side. Yeah. So there's a book called the, the Prehistory, or whatever. It's just about how he got to where he was. Yeah. And this is about Peanuts' version of it. And I read that at like right around like eighth grade. And you're trying to like figure out like this is what I like and this is what I don't like. And I got really into Peanuts because Peanuts is pretty kind of it, it spans a lot of um, yeah issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very mature. Have you ever read? Which makes sense why you wouldn't like it as a kid, because it's a lot right. of Well, I grew up on Far Side, and I grew up on Garfield, so, like, going to Peanuts, I'm like... Yeah. Yeah. But Far Side... I guess Far Side is... Far Side's goofy. Far Side's farcical. Far Side's goofy, yeah. but Far Side has Far Side a really brilliant moments at the same time. I love... I, I, mean, I, would, argue, so I would argue Garfield does, too, but, like... I would, I would agree. I, I, I still love Garfield I can, Garfield. Garfield, Garfield, Garfield. Garfield is Garfield. Garfield. so <laughs> sad. <laughs> it is upsetting. It is just beautiful. The sad, sad Wait, life of John. Do you guys watch um, Rick and Morty? Yes, I love Rick and Morty. Morty. Um, John Arbuckle and Garfield, so Garfield is very much like Jerry. And that's Rick and pretty Morty. good yeah. comparison. Yeah, Wait, Rick and Morty. John Arbuckle is like Jerry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you watched that one show, though, Steven Universe. Do you like that? I love Steven Universe. I haven't seen Steven, Steven Universe. So, oh boy! Oh man, <laughs> education time. Um, so Steven Universe is, I think it's a Cartoon Network show, and it's about this kid. Um, Name Steve. Wait, is this that really, really upsetting, depressing one? It's not upsetting and depressing. Okay, it might confusing. be. It, I don't know. Uh, it depends on how like, easily upset and depressed you are. Claymation? No, it's not Claymation. It's okay. Claymation. No, Alan, yeah. thanks. Okay. Okay. This, this, <laughs> is, this is recent. Yeah, this, is, this came out like a year or two okay. ago. So it's about this kid who... So there's this concept in the show of gems. And gems are people. They're aliens, right? And they are all embodied in these gems, but they can have, like, um, actual physical projections. And he's raised by a group of three of them. And uh, it's their names are Pearl, Amethyst, and Garnet. And he is half gem, so he has gem powers. And it plays on a lot of like video game stuff. Hmm. So it's like they go on quests and they go, you know, and they have to get other gems. And the first like <coughs> I don't know twenty episodes, and they live in this beach city, which the gems have lived. And the gems are like immortal, so the gems have lived there for like thousands of years. Um, so they don't have a real co- good concept of humanity. So there's this part where Stephen is kind of teaching them humanity. Hmm. And his dad is like a washed up bum who used to be like a musician. And he like runs a car wash in the in the town. But the gems look after Stephen because his mom was a gem. So they, uh, they're going to like bring them under his wing. Hmm. And it does well in like doing the video gamey stuff of like having those concepts and, and making you immediately grasp onto that. And it starts off being, like, very simplistic. It's like, oh, we're going on a quest, and Steven's trying to learn how to harness his powers, because they all have, like, they can, like, manifest weapons, like, so each of them has a special weapon. Um, but, like, Steven's kind of a pacifist, so he's dealing with that, and it, and it goes on. And then, like, there's this point that it hits where it actually turns into a full-fledged, like, arc of a story, and they are dealing with all these struggles and everything. But there's a lot of it that um, deals with, what's the word? Uh, not euphemisms, but there's like uh, metaphors, kind of metaphors, like, like allegories. Allegories. Uh, there's okay. a lot of allegories for things. I know words. So they, uh, they, um, yeah, English class. <laughs> the worst I've ever given. I'm sorry, Dan. So they talk about things like, um, 
Can you slap me? <laughs> With a belt. Uh. So they talk about things like sex, but they don't talk about them directly. So the gems can quote-unquote fuse, which means two gems combine and create a different person, hmm. and they fight differently. So Garnet is a fusion of Ruby and Sapphire, but Ruby and Sapphire love so much, love each other so much that they never unfuse. They're just one person all the time, but it's an allegory for sex. So um, they, like, talk about how, like, fusion, fusing's a big deal and how you have to be respectful about it. And there's, like, an episode where one of the gems tricks the other one to fuse with them because they become more powerful. Mm. And then that's an allegory for rape. Date rape. And they oh, do stuff wow. like that. So, hold on. On the scale of My Little Pony to Rick and Morty, where does this show fall? Because I don't know where Rick and Morty falls. What? Where is it? Where, where, where does it fall, like, relative to, like, Adventure Time? It's, like, more... And I've only seen Adventure Time like a couple times. It's it's less creepy than Adventure Time, but it's on that same I spectrum. Love Adventure yeah. Time is so good. So if it's like okay. if Adventure Time was like less disturbing. So I, what, oh, okay. the thing is, is that and that sounds that sounds I need to see it, but it sounds kind of like what Hey Arnold did. Where Hey Arnold addressed a lot of like pretty heavy issues. Yeah, like inner city, but problems a little more on the nose. Because yeah. Hey Arnold, they just straight up shank the bitch. Did we? Yeah, did they? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> no, but, you know, I wouldn't put it past them. But it was in Chicago, right? Picture. I thought it was in like New York. that. Gerald kid was fucked up. What? Was what? Was what? 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 I'm kidding. Come on. God, Alex is racist. I'm not. Hey, if you keep saying that on the podcast, it's gonna become a thing. Tyler, what goes on the internet? That means it's true, right? Well, um, yes, I watched it. You gotta save it. We gotta save it. So we're gonna take a break. Okay. Beep, 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 boop, boop, boop. Alex is racist. Boop. <laughs> All right, we're back. Oh, God. I had a friend in high school, not high school, college. Wait, before you say something racist again, Alex. <laughs> I'm not. I had one black friend, right? We're recording. Hey, Dylan. Oh, God. Um, so I had a friend in college who, anytime, it's not even a good story, so we just cheated up. Anytime we would go out to dinner, he would, would steer, yeah, he would steer the conversation so that I would say something horrible. When That's the awesome. Every time. And I couldn't really be mad at him because it was still coming out of my mouth. I want to play that game now. That's my <laughs> new favorite game. game. Oh my god. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I think that guy's funny. Not everyone else here. Um, on. Yeah, he's not racist. So he's actually crazy Christmas. conservative. He's really racist. Uh, we all celebrate Christmas of uh, one of some sort, of the 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 secular, non secular, whatever. Would you guys you guys have good holidays? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of driving. Fuck yeah, there's a lot of driving. Yeah. Man. Lot of driving. yeah. yeah. Yours seems crazy. You went to New York and then Baltimore. Yep. Or- upstate New York, then Baltimore. Oof, where upstate? Um, Pen Hudson Valley, so town of Brooklyn. The Mid Hudson Valley. Oh, that's funny because like when you say upstate New York, I am like, are you the Syracuse or Buffalo? Oh yeah, places no, I know. No, no, no. <laughs> I that's Syracuse way more upstate. Yeah. North of New York. For people from down here, I'm much closer to New York City. Mm-hmm. For people in New York, there, if you're in New York City, basically anything north of the city is not is upstate. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so it could be Yonkers and it's <laughs> upstate. Um, but uh, no, I'm I'm like. I think it's 99 miles exactly north of New York City on the Hudson River. So if okay. you, the the road I actually grew up on is Route Nine, which is is Broadway. If you're in New York City, oh, it goes down all it's, the way it's, to oh, it's Broadway. So wow. you know, it's weird in a kind of related way that I grew up on a house that's on 250 that is Broad Street. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, you're telling me that like it'll go all the way down. It'll go all the way. Yep. That's what short drive. Twenty nine. Take it through to DC. Short drive yep. is a, in um. 
in Virginia Beach. Like we have one that yeah. literally follows the coast Wait, up you, into yeah. North Virginia Beach. No, my uh, everyone on my mom's side of the family is from there. So okay, I, I was waiting for you to say grandparents because that was his case. <laughs> yeah, my, my grandparents moved there um, when I was. Like, I have no relatives in Virginia, so I spent a lot of time there growing up. <laughs> A lot of old people move to <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Hi. <laughs> my only tie to Virginia is that I live here. They're both very Florida and Chicago. Chicago. And they're all now in Virginia. Chicago. Do your parents still live out there? Yep. What street do you live on? Um, Give your parents' address. <laughs> yeah. What's your so, what's their social name? security number? Yeah. Uh, we live off of Great Neck. We don't live on okay. the beach. Bird Neck. Great Neck. 62nd. All Great Neck. That's where my parents live. 62nd Street. That's where my friend lived. Yeah, so I picked my friend. So Christmas Eve, I took my friend to the airport because he, his family, w- went to New Hampshire for the holidays. Right. Trying to get away from him. So, right. what's in New Hampshire? What's in quick, quick mountains? Bowl. What's in New Hampshire? White. Cold, Go. cold mountains. Walter White. Yeah, that's where he what? He, Spoilers. He 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 holds. Wait, you see I have seen the end. But oh, you I'm never gonna watch he, it. He holds up in there for a, a chunk of time in the final season. Uh, yeah, that's like the last five or so episodes. Okay, yeah. so okay, what does New Hampshire bring to the table besides mountains, cold, and a pop culture reference? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is a cool little town. There are a few cool little towns that are worth visiting. Uh, Portsmouth is really great. Um, I know Portsmouth. Portsmouth, Virginia. Yeah, no, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, yeah. And it's, I think, an hour north of Boston, an hour and 15 north of Boston. So it's it's kind of a cool little so seaside port town. A city. No, it's it's way smaller. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of cool little towns like that all up the North Shore. Once right. you head out of Boston and go north, up until you hit Maine, they're Let's just... Let's play this game again. South Dakota. Ugh, desolation. Horses. The is it Mount Rushmore? Mount Rushmore, yeah. yeah. Right. That's what I was. Yeah. Mount Rushmore's pretty cool. I've seen Mount Rushmore. Really? I will stop playing this game before I heard another other states. <laughs> Utah right. Mormons. No, oh, what snowboarding? Oh my God! So much good skiing. Mormon snowboarders. National parks. Dude, uh, Brian Mortensen's from there. Red Rocks. What? Did you take an accent? <laughs> oh, the Red Rocks! Red Rocks. Hey, dude, the Dave Matthews album at Red Rocks is one of the best. That's actually Colorado, I think. Oh. Yeah, I think Colorado. That's, why, that's why I hesitated. That's why I said it the way oh, I did. Oh, it's like, West States are the same. Whatever. Dude, out west is phenomenal. I've been on a plane once. I've been off the East Coast probably like three times. Oh, I've so. snowboarded out west. And it's amazing. Anyways. Anyways. What games have you been playing? Besiege. I bought that. Yeah, tell me about Besiege. So is um, Dan hit me again. Game in the early stages of development. Yeah, we, Dan, stop hitting Mason. Um, it is a. I'll stop hitting Mason when you stop um, being a racist. It is a. All right, looks like you're not gonna hit Mason. I'm anymore. telling you, the title is not so fucking racist. <laughs> Alex is racist. No, don't you dare put that. No. <laughs> Well, that'd be the first one I share to the brand center page too. Oh, <laughs> damn it! That'd be good. Um, so, Besiege is a um, construction game where you make, uh, as expected, siege weapons. Yeah, it's like Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts with siege weapons. Yeah, hmm. um, I it's love nuts and bolts. The cool, cool. Well, depending on how you look at, it, I see it as a cool part about it right now. It's so early in development that there isn't a lot of handholding. You know, they'll give you an objective to say, like, pick this thing up and put it over here or destroy this building. And no other directions beyond that. Mm-hmm. You could make 
you know, uh, Are you trebuchet. On Xbox or PC? PC. Okay. Is there an Xbox version? I don't think so. I, I, just, didn't, I just didn't know. Yeah. It's an early access. Yeah. It's, it's Alex has an Xbox One. But you're, you're building a trebuchet. Build, you can either build, you know, so this is uh, one task, you know, destroy this little house. You can either build a trebuchet or something crazy like a rocket ship. And the game is um, powerful enough that people have made these crazy creations from like, you know, ginormous like AT-ATs to um, tiny little cars. Right. Um, there's just huh. a ton of freedom. Um, it's also very cool to look at. Yeah, that's it's a, got a cool art style. That's the yeah. part I've seen is people making mechs because just the making something bipedal is so difficult in that game because everything is based off of like winches and levers that yeah. move that you have to hit individual keys. It's, really it's almost cool. like co-op. Where they have yeah. to like kind of get this thing going to get it to walk. That's um, cool. I think you played Gary's Mod, right? Mm-hmm. Did either of you ever play Gary's Mod? No, I know what mm-hmm. it is. No. So Gary's Mod was a um, construction game for the Half-Life engine. You could use mm. any, any asset from the Half-Life series of games. It's funny about Gary's Mod because when Minecraft first came out, the first thing that people would talk about is like, it's like kind of like a new Gary's Mod. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, it's like Minecraft a long time ago. Like, yeah. They'd say, like, well, it's back. like if you like made Gary's Mod of Legos, is what they would say. Pretty much. Before you have like any survival elements. Right. Yeah. That's, hmm. um, but it was similar in that... Um, Gary's mod's been around Making, for so like, long. Mechs was the cool part because everything is so based off of like that rudimentary set of. I never played with mechs in Gary's mod. You could you could use the thrusters if you got really fucking creative and had a lot Ooh. of time, like I did. Um, it was a pain in the ass, but you felt so cool when you, once you actually did it. You could make crazy things using thrusters. Yeah, Besiege reminds me of like a medieval Kerbal Space program. Well, that's the thing. Somewhere how it's an early access and it's bare, and I got in a Kerbal Space program really hard when it was just, hey, we made this sandbox you can play in it, which is kind of what some of that is. But Kerbal Space program now is, is awesome. It too. just like released. Released, released. Version <laughs> 1. Wow. I should finally get into that. That game rocks. Yeah, you talked about how much you love it. It's so good. Um... What are you playing, Dylan? Hold up, we gotta fix something on this. The game's not right. Alright, sorry. Dylan, what are you playing? I played, um, let me tell you what I got. Because I got, um, some Steam money. So Steam was down Christmas Day, did you guys notice that? Steam's been down up and down for the past couple days. It was was down earlier. It was like a security flaw. Xbox, Xbox Live's been having some... (laughs) I thought you were about to say, like, giving Xbox a command. No. I, Xbox, that's the way I talk about Xbox. Xbox, Xbox on. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. It, was, it was caching. You're right. Christmas Day was caching, and then they got DDoS yesterday. Really? Uh, really? So I got some Steam cash, and I got... Um, I couldn't redeem any of my... I got one. I got a gift card for my aunt from Steam. Yeah, I had to wait till like, end of day, Christmas Day, to... I didn't even get a chance to redeem it. It, um... And then I got Wind Waker HD, nice. which mm. I haven't touched. Nice. And I got... Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Which so good. I, which I... What is, what is that? So have you played Luigi's Mansion at all? Like uh, yeah, the original yeah, one? Yeah. It's the same thing. They've actually changed some stuff around. Um, it's a lot more bite-sized. So in the original Luigi's Mansion, it plays a lot like... Resident Evil. Resident Evil or Metroid Prime, where there's a lot of backtracking. Yeah. It's like a giant house that you have to explore, and you have to remember where things were, and you have to remember like, oh... I beat this puzzle, or I couldn't beat this puzzle because I didn't have the requisite item. But now I have it. But so now I have it, so I have to go back. Yeah. Um, but this one, they break the concept down into multiple mansions, and then they further break the mansions down into multiple missions. So, like, the first mission, or the first mansion, every mission is a separate, like, tutorial for all the items. So it's like, oh, EGAD, Professor EGAD says, oh, I need you to get the, the dark light which helps reveal stuff. All right, you pick up the dark light. Okay, now start revealing everything. And then you fight a boo, because 
apparently the booze only reveal themselves if you have the dark light mm-hmm. and things like that and so that's like the entire first mansion and it's it's difficult enough to like give me a challenge like the puzzles like you have to i've never died but you can you can mess up enough because luigi has health instead of like lives mm-hmm. and he has like a hundred health instead of like in mario where it's like the pie pieces and it's just the same basic mechanic of okay flash the light at the ghost the ghost gets stunned you can suck him up you have to you have to lean the opposite direction of where they're going and it takes health off and then once you've taken enough life off of them you can suck them into your vacuum and it's fun i didn't really get into much of the original luigi's mansion but i i really like this and like just like the original luigi's mansion like luigi has so much more personality than mario simply by these two games because they just nice. don't really give well, yeah I, I think his personality came from the mario rpg and stuff too which influenced what he's like when you say Mario RPG, you mean SNES one, or you mean Mario and Luigi? I mean, all Luigi is not in Super Mario RPG. Really? He's not in it at all. Alright, well then I mean Mario and Luigi series, and then Paper Mario. And Paper Mario. Paper Mario is where, like... Well, Paper Mario, they give them dialogue. Right. So. Yeah, but Paper Mario is where, like, I think the, the, the modern-day character that is Luigi came about. Mr. L. Mr. L. Well, and, and, and now you see it more and more as they had the whole year <laughs> thing. Yeah. But, like, he's... You can obviously tell that Charles Martinet, who voices all of the Mario, Luigi, Waluigi, Wario, he's just fucking around. He's just having so much fun doing this because he's just like, you know, Luigi hums along to the music. He's just like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. He's just talking all the time. <laughs> I love, <laughs> and he did that in the original one too where he hums the yeah. soundtrack as he's playing. Wait, does he, he did the voice, voices for both Mario and Luigi? And yeah. Wario and Waluigi. Yeah, he does, he does all love four Mario. of them. And he, had, he has an Instagram account where he has like little maquette figures of all four of them. And he's just like doing a little play to them. Play Wario's like, ah, rah, rah, rah. that's, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but the best part is so in the original Luigi's Mansion, you had the way you communicate with EGAD was something called a Game Boy Horror, which was just a Game Boy Color. That was so cool. And this one you have some a DS, which EGAD calls a dual screen. Mm-hmm. But so he calls you, and so like when he buzzes you, the bottom screen on the DS says like you have a call it's like tap to take it but like Luigi like like jumps when he hears the sound and like pats himself like trying to find where the DS is and then you hit it he pulls it out he's like yellow <laughs> he says it every single time and every single time I think it's a, a great the game that's awesome. bleeds charm that's, that's awesome, awesome. It's, it's, it sounds very Nintendo mm-hmm. but it's, it's in a great way you know in a way yeah. that I, that I have the lot. modern Nintendo is so different I think because of the fidelity of everything now. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, the little character actions, like, patting, looking for his phone, or, like, um, the Luigi Death Stare in Mario Kart. Like, that whole, like, this is, like, a <laughs> yeah, new... Yeah, Luigi Death Stare? I think that there's... You didn't see You've the whole trend? You've never seen this? No. Oh, oh my God. God. I will show you in a moment. Yeah. I think that all started with the Nintendo 64, when Mario... When Mario 64 came out, I think that's where Nintendo was really able to start putting... See, but... Although, actually, even... I would say Mario 64 I, is the natural evolution from the... The, the characterizations of the Super Nintendo where Super, I think... I was going to say, Super Mario World and and Super Mario World 2 introduced a lot of character and charm. I would argue... Um, <laughs> Alex right up. now. Yeah. But what I'm trying to get to is that, is that maybe there was a changing of the creative guard at Nintendo sure. that has influenced this more... This same level of this is the Nintendo stamp of like right. this is Nintendo style stuff, 
but I think it's, it's a, there's new people working on stuff. Or yeah, Miyamoto. I mean, Miyamoto's still been overseeing a lot of it, though. I mean, but I'm hoping a lot of the because um, Luigi's Mansion's made by Hal. No, it's a um, Canadian studio. Oh, it's not a it's not a Nintendo. It is. Well, this is so this is like the biggest Nintendo stamp that they approve is that when they pull your studio's name yeah. out. And that's they what they did with the, Nintendo. the Prime guys. Yeah, because that was what. Uh, that's no, 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 no. Metro Prime is fuck. What? Who made Retro. Metro Prime? Retro. Yeah. And then now they're making the Donkey and Kong Country games. Luigi's mm-hmm. Mansion was made by not Treehouse. Well, Treehouse is internal. No. All right, I'll look it up. All right, but Keep talking. um, it's it's. It's really good. It's really fun. Awesome. Um, Let's check it out. Yeah, I was gonna say something more about it, but oh, and I just love Egad. Like I love He's how a cool minor a character Egad is because it made it look like because Mason was talking about like when they made this turn to like more characterization. I feel like they did it around next the next level games. <laughs> I've never. I feel like that change came about in the uh, the GameCube era. Well, I was gonna say Dan. I said like the Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, Super Mario Sunshine is where I say yes. it happened. Oh, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like, you have for the Mario characters specifically, that's that's where that change happened. Yeah, but I think for Nintendo's introduction of that charm, although you, you could even argue that happened on the Super Nintendo with Rare. When I mean, when Rare was almost synonymous with Nintendo at that point, uh-huh. mm-hmm. that's true. Maybe they took a lot of Donkey Kong Country, like, and maybe there was some like swapping of spit in yeah. terms of like Yummy. creatives. <laughs> I don't know. I, I the more that I get, I think about like. The way that games, the way that big, big studios change over time, it's the, yeah. it's the, the, the internal teams working on it and who's running them. Yep. And there's, you know, Nintendo's been going through so many changes. I, I like thinking about that. But EGAD is interesting because they, they always, it always seemed like they were going to do more with that character that they never did because Flood was created by EGAD and Super Mario Sunshine. Mm-hmm. So there's this big tie-in between Luigi's Mansion and Super Mario Sunshine. And he also made the paintbrush in Super Mario Sunshine. So EGAD made the paintbrush... He made Flood, and he made the Poltergeist in Luigi's Mansion, and it almost made it look like Egad was going to t- turn into the new main villain, or he was going to become mm. a more pivotal role in that universe than he ever became. Mm. And so I don't know if that was like a creative change that they made at the last minute, where they said, no, we don't really want Egad or something. I don't know. I like him as a character, and I like the intro movie, because the intro movie is Egad finds out there are new ghosts attacking these mansions, and he wants to get Luigi's help again, and Luigi is just at home sleeping, <laughs> and he's just passed out on the couch. And then the TV turns on, and Egad's talking to him through the TV, and he has this device that can like teleport people through cameras and TV screens, so he like <laughs> pixelates him and then pulls him through the TV and the then spits him out. The teleport is cool. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. It's a good, and that game, that game looks good in 3D, like because oh. it's. It's basically like you're looking at all the dollhouses. Yeah. And it's red. That's cool. And they, and they and they mix a lot of like um, 3D and then just like paper craft looking stuff. Yeah. So like there's a fog across the valley and every time you beat a boss in a mansion, more of the fog recedes and it unlocks a new mansion. Mm. And all the fog is just 2D paper craft nice. looking cool. fog and it just Very cool. moves around. Cool. Lead style. And then I played... Um, oh, so with my Steam money, I bought... <laughs> So I do this to Mason. If there's like a, a bundle of like from a certain studio, I just send it to him. I was like, I can't not buy this. <laughs> and I sent him the Telltale Games bundle. I was oh, like, oh, I have the Telltale Games fun. bundle. It's and I was fantastic. just like, I can't not buy this. Yep. I mean, I will yep. eventually play all these games. Yep. Like I will play the Bone game at some point. Yeah, I'm sure. I highly re- recommend Wolf Among Us. Yeah. So um, it came with that. So, so good. Yeah, I want to play that, and I want to play the Game of Thrones one, Tales from the Borderlands. And I almost got 
The Walking Dead ones, are, if you haven't played oh, them. Oh, I've played the first season. Have yeah. you, season 2 is good. Yeah. I played first season and 500 Days or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I played 500 Days. Um, Last summer? Yeah. <laughs> and then I played... She's a monster. Uh, Mario Maker. So, I've had two like long Mario Maker runs where it was Thanksgiving and then this during Christmas. And I've released two levels now. Nice. And they have a 0% completion rate huh. online. No one has beaten them. There's, and they show you like a heat map of like where people have died. No one has gotten past through like the first section of the first map I released in Thanksgiving. It's been a month. How many people have played it? I beat your level, I thought. No. Now, so it, is, it, is it on you or them? It, okay. it might be on me. It, I might have made this thing too hard because there's a really specific timing thing you have to do at the very beginning. Yeah. So what happens is... So the game starts, or the level starts, and there's a Hammer Brothers immediately. And mm. if you don't jump out of the way, he's going to kill you. Mm. And then you climb up the staircase, and there's a giant um, fire uh, stick spinning. And there's a thwomp. And so you have to let the thwomp fall, and then you have to let the thwomp come back up and then scoot underneath him and mm. fall. Because the fire stick's going to come and kill you. So there's a big timing thing there. And then as soon as you fall, there's a flying piranha plant on two trampolines. That pushes him up so high that there's literally a probably a half a second uh, gap where you have to sprint across. And there's another fire pole spinning. So you have as soon as you fall, you have probably like 20 seconds. Otherwise, you're just automatically dead. Sounds really fucking hard. I'll and, have to give it a try. Yeah. I'll give it a try. Um, so, and then I made a new one uh, over Christmas that took me a while. Because the first one took me like 100 plays to beat. To, because you have to beat it before you can upload it. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's the caveat. Okay. That's smart. You have to yeah. prove that it's beatable. And that's what I think... It's a very Nintendo decision, too. Yep. You're like, duh. Yep. Well, the first <laughs> game I've ever seen that done with was the Castle Doctrine. Remember that game? Did you ever hear the Castle Doctrine? Mm-mm. So it's basically... It was I a, do remember that game where people storm in your house. Yeah, it was a home defense game where you basically built this huge elaborate trap mm. where your family was there pretty... and... Yeah. There's, there's like f- your family, attack dogs, there's like a safe with all your money... And so you, as the defender, you build this base. Mm. And then as the attacker, you can go raid other people's houses. And your goal is to steal people's money, I think was the objective, and then get and out. wives. But it's like partially turn-based. So like every step you take, something on the board also moves. It's like a roguelike. Mm. You're playing like any roguelike games? Like where what? There's all the turns are simultaneous. What mm-hmm. games? Roguelikes. No. So it's like there's a game called Rogue, but basically it's it's a turn it's a turn system, but the turns and actions are simultaneous. Yeah, you love Rolex, don't you? I do. Yeah. But in Castle Doctrine, it's the same concept that you have to be able to beat your base before you can upload it. Yeah. So the thing with the Mario the Maker stuff is that I think what's cool that I've seen happening recently is that there is a a oopsie a um surge up, of because I think that the big wave that came in is like everyone's trying to make these really hard levels like, yeah. like you did but I think now people are starting to actually make like real not that none of yours isn't real but like I think that what and it's cool to make these crazy puzzle levels you know but I, I don't think it's what I come to the table for for Mario like I come to like have like a really good feeling jump I think I think that's what it is for me too because like if someone's heart level is ridiculously hard I, I just skip it. it yeah but I don't know so the second level I built was on it's all about um you know the skull rails that go mm-hmm. on the on the um railings yep that's like the first half of the level mm. so there are two of them when the level starts and you hop on the first one the first one flies up into a wall 
and it goes through the wall because the carts can go through walls and it picks up a P-switch. Mm. So you have to jump on the first one and jump on the second one and then you're racing across the level with this P-switch. Oh, God. And there's a point where they collide. What is a P-switch? A P-switch is a... Power switch. Big... No, that's a power block. Oh, so right. a P-switch is... Uh, I think it was introduced in Mario 3 and you hit it and it turns all blocks into coins and all coins into blocks. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a power block is you hit it and all the enemies on the screen die. Um, so there's a point where the rails collide and it grabs the P-switch and then the P-switch is on your rail for like 30 seconds and you have to pick it up and kick it and it has to land on a single block space and then you have to hit that block. Oh god. Oh god, that sounds terrible. No one has even gotten to that point yet, I don't <laughs> oh, think. Oh, that sounds terrible. I do terrible. like how they surface the heat map. Dan, I have faith in you. Yeah. What are you playing, Dan? So, um, what have I been playing? Well, I've been traveling a lot. Um, so I've been playing a lot of Frogger in real life. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, trying to run over the animals. As the car. He's trying to run over small animals. No. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> he has been running across interstates before. <laughs> yes. So Just I got, jumping I got uh, for Christmas, um, I got Fallout 4. I got um, Batman Arkham Knight. Oh, I like Arkham Knight. And I got... Uh, Mario Maker. And so I haven't had a chance to play Arkham Knight or Mario Maker, and I've been playing Fallout 4. Uh, Kelly gave it to me a week early. And so I've been playing a lot of that. Nice that's kind of been my so what, sole focus in gaming. Fallout 4? I love it. I think it's great. I A review that I had read when it first came out was that it was the Skyrim to Oblivion to Fallout 3. So mm-hmm. uh, where, where Fallout 3 would be Oblivion, and, and this is the Skyrim to Fallout 3's Oblivion. Um, which I think is a great example because when I, I played Oblivion, loved Oblivion, um, but adored Skyrim. And one of the reasons is that it felt like a real world, a living, breathing world, and I could go do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, and just had that, that phenomenal sense of freedom and achievement and kind of an awe to it. And I feel like Fallout 4 has that awe that Bethesda games do very well. Um, the scope, it, it feels big without feeling daunting. Uh, it feels limitless. Um, and it's just been a lot of fun. So you say the one thing that I would say is that I think if you look at the, the parallels between like the jump from uh, Oblivion to Skyrim, a lot of people actually aren't happy with Skyrim compared to Oblivion. Really? Because hmm. people are saying that Bethesda's quest design has gotten worse since Morrowind. Which... That's fine. See, I didn't like Morrowind. See, my right. argument there is that in Skyrim, I did basically everything. In Fallout, like yeah. I want to do more, but I don't know where it is. Like apparently, there's a huge like subplot in Diamond City that I don't know where to start it. I have no idea where it is. So maybe servicing this stuff, but I would say like if you look at like yeah. the transition from like Fallout Three, like if you look at all right, Morrowind to Oblivion, big jump. Yep. Right, Oblivion to Fallout Three. I think it's a lateral, maybe a slight increase. Yeah. Fallout 3 to Skyrim, big jump. Skyrim to Fallout 4, I think it's another lateral increase. Yeah. So I think that whatever Bethesda's next game is the one that's going to like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Fallout 4, and the thing that, that Bethesda figured out is they made a really good combat system, which traditionally I've never liked any Bethesda combat Well, I like Skyrim. System. I like Skyrim. I love Skyrim combat. I like I Bone I don't. I do not like Oblivion's combat system. No, I agree with I believe, you. Because that's a basic, they took the dice rolls out of Morrowind, but kept the same idea of what it is. Yeah, it's just clunky and awkward. And, 
And you could and the, the thing the I, arena. The thing I really hated about Oblivion. Here's what I really disliked about Oblivion. The, little, the arena guy that comes around with you? No. Your biggest fan? No. Um, if you choose, which I did and often do, to do side quests before the main quest, in Oblivion, Oblivion would generate enemies based on your level. And so some of the hardest enemies in Oblivion are on the main quest. And so if you go do all the side, like I did all the side quests, I did all the, like the sanctuary and arena and all that stuff as, as maxed out as you could before I even began the main quest. <laughs> and so then I, I was like level 35 starting into the main quest and they're generating all these insanely hard to beat uh, enemies. And the it made direction it of the main quest of Oblivion 2 is also awful yes i hate that yes mm. um, oblivion thought, like blew my mind when it came out like what you could see and stuff but then yeah. i went to like these oblivion gates and i'm like yeah the oblivion gates like were <laughs> and i enjoyed oblivion but i i really adored skyrim um and and so yeah with fallout 4 it's 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 similar to that i can't get into fantasy games i mm. hate oblivion i like could never get into yeah. it i think i had the problem you're Is talking it about it's like too much like the new hope <laughs> it's just, it's point for point is a point where you the, the trench run you blow up yes. the Death Star um, no there's so I did Dan what you were cautioning against I did only the main quest because when mm. I got it I was like okay everyone's making a big deal about Oblivion so I rented it and I played I got through the first Oblivion gate like within an hour or two Yeah. and I don't know like how far along the main quest that is but I was yep. just like there's this bloody skeleton that just keeps killing me and the yep. sky's on fire and I don't know what's going on but also was it Red Cliff or what was the town that you go to that's like you know how about the one that's like been succumbed to the Oblivion Gate yeah and I don't uh, want to say you're playing remember. it wrong but you're definitely playing you're... Oblivion wrong <laughs> yeah and I think I probably would have liked it more if I just went and explored but also there's a thing that like I like uh, Skyrim's art style way over Oblivion's and yes. I like oh, Fallout yeah. 3's art style way over Fallout 4's. Really? What? I like, I like New Vegas over Fallout 4. Yeah, what? because... See, I like Fallout 4, I think, of the desert, Oblivion, man. Oblivion is way too colorful. Like, it's just generic fantasy. Yeah. Fallout yeah. 4 is kind of... In ways, it's generic oh, post-apocalyptic. Yeah. See, I love the, I love the Fallout art direction, period. Like just in the Fallout universe, yeah. But I think which Fallout one, I do Four, they that. hit their stride. That's the best I, art direction I I've seen out of Bethesda Studios. Period. Like I, I said, and we talked about this before. I liked it when things looked dirtier and grungier. Like it looked. No, like, no, and I get, and I, I think that I definitely. Like, why is this red paint still so vibrant after two hundred years? Fallout Four doesn't. See, I like that. Feel See, as desolate as Fallout Three did to me. Like Fallout Three, like <laughs> it felt like DC got fucked. Or Fallout Four, I'm like Austin, you know, you did pretty okay. Most <laughs> shit's still standing. Yeah. But what Fallout 4 does that I love is it's got these regional art styles. Like, Diamond yes. City looks and feels different. I mean, so it's, it, it what, feels like you're playing like a, a rock star game. One of the things I, I want to say about that, to that end, is as someone who has lived in Boston, mm. one of the charms about that city that you do not find in cities like New York or Baltimore or D.C. The vibrant color red. <laughs> this is the vibrant color. There's a lot of red, actually. A lot of red. I know that's but, what I remember. But um, everything is red. There are distinctly Players. different neighborhoods, Players. and you walk from neighborhood to neighborhood in the city of Boston. Boston is different, though. Yeah, because I, Boston is so old. Cities, that's true. And it's from the city. And so Boston is pre-city planning, and Boston is very much 
there's this neighborhood that sprouted up here and this neighborhood that sprouted up here and they're they are completely different mm, yeah. and different time periods different architecture different people and uh like boston didn't have the benefit of richmond of being leveled during the civil war <laughs> right <laughs> um and so Go the Yanks. game captures that really well the game captures that sense of being in these different places um and and finding a way to make it feel like Fenway is not just a park; it's actually a neighborhood. You're in the Fenway district, and it does, feel and it like, does that in the game. Yeah, you know, the Back Bay feels like feels know, like the Back Bay. The North Shore yeah. feels like the North Shore. Um, in I fact, do, there were areas there were areas in this game, and you know, just like with Fallout Three, it's not it's not you know a one to one mapping of the city. But there were areas in this game where I walked up to something, and I was like, "Oh, I'm in I'm at the Science Museum." And sure enough, I walked up and I was like, you've discovered Science Central or something like that. And I'm like, wow, that's that's where like, it just does a great job yeah. of that. Because people and say that about L.A. Noir when they're from L.A. Where they're yeah. like, holy shit, this is L.A. Yeah. I want to clarify that the gap I found between Skyrim and Oblivion is probably like three feet. And the gap between the art direction of Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 is probably like four inches. I would agree like, with that. So I don't think Fallout 3 is way superior. And it's funny because the things, but the things that you, I think, are appreciating more about Fallout 3 was actually one of my things that took away from Fallout 3 for mm. me. It felt more homogenous, homogeneously well, dirty, homogeneously run down, whereas this feels a little more varied. I like, you know, uh, I like how the the city feels very different than the countryside around yeah, it. I do. And, like stuff and this like game that. feels like so. it was built with more horsepower. Like, mm -hmm. Fallout 3 is such a product of the time where it's, yeah, we're going to reuse the same fucking window that you can't see through, and that drove me crazy. I'm like, there's all these windows that are boarded up. Someone went through and boarded up every window in DC. <laughs> right. And like, I like lost my mind. Right. <laughs> I do like, and I I didn't like it's this. Time at for first. the pit boy to go though. But I do. I fucking the pit yeah, boy UI. They just need to make it clunky. I like the projection on the power armor. Like they just did that. If it was just a screen. Just the power screen. armor UI is just off. Did you get the pit boy light for your power armor? Mm -mm. So when you hold B down, it just casts. A pit boy on the ground. Oh, that's really cool. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that. that's really the lighting cool. model in Fallout Four is really cool right. too. Yeah, you can change like the light out on the on the floodlight on the power armor. I, I what I also like is that I feel like Fallout Three, like I feel like Fallout Four looks like someone did art direct it. Well, and what I also like about it, they they provide background for why it is art directed the way it is, which I love. They don't do that in Fallout Three, Ooh. and and so there's that that there there's always been this disconnect for me where it's like. Why did everything stop at the 1950s, even though this didn't happen until later? And in Fallout 4, they actually give you that backstory in the prologue, where they say, you know, post-World War II, well, it, it, played... it's still the 1950s, but we harnessed nuclear power, and so we found the happy place. And, and so it's like, the reason we stayed in the 1950s for 120 years yeah. is because we really liked everything we were doing, and it was all there. And... And so it was kind of like, okay, cool. That's why it did that. And then obviously, you know, goes two two hundred years prior. But that's bad. Fallout Fall One and Two, though. I think if you see, and I, Fall I, I never yeah. played Fallout yeah, One. Yeah, I love two. Fallout Two. Yeah, so. I've heard Fallout Two. I have bombs. <laughs> um, I just remember that the intro video for Fallout 1 is just like television playing. It's like buy war bonds and blah blah blah, generic fifty stuff. Yeah. So I have this thing though where, like, I love Fallout Four. Like, I think it's probably one of my favorite games of the year. Yeah. But the problem I have with it is that Fallout 4 isn't making me feel the way Fallout 3 did. Mm. And, like, and it's not a slight against Fallout 4. I think that I hit Fallout 3 at a time in my life when, like, 
this is what, and I feel like a lot of people had this because Fallout Three came out when, like two thousand eight, two thousand eight, when like, eight, like yeah. the world seemed pretty weird at the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to graduate high school, um, and like it was pure escapism, and it was awesome. Yeah, and, like yeah. now, like you know, things are, you know, I got a label Millennium Falcon. Things are good. Socks <laughs> <laughs> are up. Yeah, but it's not that. But I mean, like it's 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 a different light, and I think I want a game now that reflects that I want that open world game and I haven't gotten it yet. And I think that maybe GTA five was kind of close to it. They were close. Where it's like a, a, a mirror to this like super yeah. oversaturated society. But I want the Bethesda style RPG. Mm. And I think the Witcher three was close to that for me. Where the Witcher three is this awesome, just big detective. I've heard uh, Witcher three is the yeah. next, next mass effect. The next big, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what's going to be. The next big game that I'm going to buy is going to be I Witcher want you 3, to play Witcher 3. But I need to... Because just loving, loving fantasy bar, RPG. Bar my copy? I'm not playing it currently. Um, I I need to get through... Fallout. I need to get Mario through Fallout Maker. and Batman yeah. first. Mario Maker. And, and, and Mario Maker is yeah. just like an always so, there kind of thing. So it's Arkham Knight. Right. The mystery behind Arkham Knight is awesome. Yeah. But I'm once, excited to play once, it. Once that kind of wraps up, I still haven't beaten it. Yeah, but he, he hasn't beaten any games, so that that's not a metric true. for that's anything. Not like, that's true. Not no, finish games. I don't. Oh wow. He's still. I'm still waiting on him to finish Fallout Four. So don't listen to last week's podcast because yeah. we had to talk about the ending of Fallout Four. Okay. <laughs> I. But I, games I do finish are the ones that I really like: Dead Space, yeah. Resident Evil, and Dead yeah. Space, Mass again. Effect, Dead Space Two, <laughs> Dead Space Two, the Bioshock so series. Like yeah. I, there yeah. are games that okay, I think yeah. that have really strong narrative pulls that I will finish. Um, Batman Arkham Asylum. Yep. Finish Arkham City. I haven't played, actually, I haven't played Arkham Asylum, I've played Arkham City. I also don't think you're good at playing. playing, well, it controls shittily in comparison to Arkham City, but the story is still amazing. Yeah. Arkham Arkham Asylum. Asylum. I I like Arkham Asylum more than any of them. Really? Yeah. Because it's the most like Metroid. I Mm. think you also aren't good at playing large-scale games. No. Like, (laughs) open-world games, I'm... I didn't go... So, Fallout 4 starts... And like I walk out of the vault and I'm like, I need my son. Nope. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm oh, like, I do. Where's my game? son? Well, I I'm told you. I, to I put I put 20 hours in. I'm level 18, and I've only just been to Diamond City. Like I haven't been. Wow. Wait, I haven't Wait, really I been close. south of I was the afraid, river. I, I get like afraid too because like I think that when I was a kid, same thing. Like like I would get candy for Christmas that I wouldn't eat till like April because I, I just like the idea of having it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think yeah. you don't want to think that map is smaller than it actually is. Right. And then I didn't realize that. Fallout 4 plays more in density and verticality, yeah, which I'm now right. I'm learning, and now I'm like, oh my god. I One of the things I do love yeah. about Bethesda's games, uh, but really I think it works beautifully in Skyrim and Fallout 4, is that open world where they do a really nice job of when you're navigating and you're going towards something, and you start to see in your in your HUD the like points of interest the points of interest and so you know you're going towards mm-hmm. something and you don't feel like you you, ne- you rarely ever feel like you're just wandering aimlessly and so if you like the exploration thing it gives you that opportunity but what i really love about it is that once you find it, it they have a great fast travel system that allows you to fast travel so mm-hmm. in a lot of big open world games there are times where i feel overwhelmed because i never want to miss something mm-hmm. and so when I find something, it's like I find a place. If I can't find an easy way to go back there, I get overwhelmed. Fallout 4, Skyrim, all the Bethesda games are really great about that because when you find a place and discover a place, if you don't want to go through that right now, you can. It's okay because yeah. you can leave and easily get back there. Let's see. Part of me also likes the like on handheld exploration. 
Which is why, did you guys ever play like the Stalker series? No. See, there, there are these... My, my issue also with Bethesda games is that I get to a point where I have exploited the system. Like I have all the money. I, like right now in Fallout sure. 4, my stealth attacks do 5.4 damage. I have on the hardest difficulty and I still one-shot everything because I've made this silenced combat rifle that's just untoppable. <laughs> yeah. And like as a headshot. And like, and we talk about this a lot, that like, I lose interest as soon as I have figured the system out. Yeah. Which is why I, I, I still See. go back to games like XCOM or games that are meant to be like played over and over, like right. board games. Right. Or Civilization. Which is why, and then, and conversely, I like cannot, if I am hooked on a story, I can't put it down until I've either been satisfied or dissatisfied by it. Yes. Well, like, everyone talks about Spec Ops The Line. I own it, and I probably play it, put, like, two hours into it, but I haven't gone back to it. There are definitely games that I've got that, you know, I'll get a certain point, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just not enjoying this. I'm not having fun. Maybe I'll give it one or two more tries, but uh, I'm not afraid to put a game down. It's disappointing when I have a game that I'm yeah. like, I thought I was going to like this, mm-hmm. and then don't. But That's why I never have any expectations for anything. Right, exactly. Because like, you'll never be disappointed. There is... There is a single reason a why I no longer pre-order live. games. <laughs> Say again. There's a single reason why I no longer pre-order games. Destiny. Mm. I like Destiny. I lo- I I, lo- really I love. Destiny? Do you like Destiny now, or did you like Destiny a year ago? Oh, the the problems are still the same. Like there's just much. it just takes longer to get there. No. Yeah. There's once you Dude, once you play all the content, there's no more content. The Taken King. I have played the Taken King, but one of my best friends is obsessed with it. He got took. He was. I am your best friend, and I know exactly what's good. From what I've seen, <laughs> your take friendly bungee rep take, here. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> if he takes his shirt off, there's a bungee logo. Um, Taking him looks I phenomenal. <laughs> um, I would love to dive into it again, but I, I know that all the shit I hated before about lack of content and RNG and like all that stuff. Once I reach the end of the content they ha- they have, that will still be an issue. But you were a big like lore nerd for bungee. I mean, um, for Destiny. I was, yeah. Whereas I just I really liked that loop. It felt good. The 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 loop they created feels phenomenal. The end of the loop when you don't get rewarded for yeah the loop. that's when I fell off yeah that's when but I, I wasn't like if I put if I put fifteen twenty hours in something I, I feel sad like yeah I feel like I got something good out of it yeah like I, I mean even if I wasn't like a hundred percent satisfied with what it was I still feel like that's a pretty good. Someone made something that I use for 20... Like, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I haven't made anything in the world that someone's <laughs> used for 20 hours. So, like, I'm, you know... I, I Not that so you should hold this that another, this, No, this is another conversation for another day, but I'd be curious to hear your guys' thoughts on game length relating to value. Because mm. um, that's something that I... I am in the minority. I do not necessarily think that a $60 game has to be 80 hours. Yeah. I am okay with a $60 game being 12 hours. If the content is great, yeah, which is why I love Dead Space. I think Dead Space, the second one is like I haven't oh, twelve it's, it's hours. I haven't played Dead Space, but but Dead Space two, I mean twelve. That's like some of the most fun. Yeah, twelve hours. I mean, I, I don't think there's a. I don't well, think there's that's a price. How I feel about Resident Evil, right? That's why I love Resident Evil. That's that's also why I love the Telltale series. Yeah, because the the episode I found the magic science of price point and content yep. for each episode. Te- Telltale games are like. Mason's death knell because it's like the epitome of <laughs> the loop you can understand the first five minutes and then why why am I here why am I still playing this now I'll catch myself like if I'm like if I have time and I'm like I made a pot of coffee I'm like maybe I'll play a Telltale game see I never play a Telltale game when I feel like playing a video game yeah. I only play a Telltale game when I feel like watching TV or that's what I need to do with and me. I'm like but I don't really there, there isn't anything on TV I want to watch 
uh, none of my books are interested. I know. I'll go play an episode of, and to me, that's that entertainment. It's yeah. such a different thing. But you don't watch diners. Drivers drivers and drives. And drives. <laughs> I don't. Well, well, if you did, you'd never play it. Well, well, let, me you, let me introduce you to Tim Nesserai. <laughs> What's he watching today? Teaching nightmares. Um, Come on. Did you know they're making a Batman game? Yes. Yes, I am and I, so I, excited. That's where we started the conversation. I was like, dude, Telltale Batman game. He's like, brr, brr. <laughs> played this loop. <laughs> because, what did I say to you? What did, it was the first thing I told you when I heard about that. You said, I'll give it a try. No, or like, it seems- I said, I can't wait for his... His parents to die and said, Bruce remembers that. That's a fucking game. Bruce Wayne will remember that. Uh, that's, and I have no... I just picture Telltale Games being like just this crazy like, alright, pull the skin off, put the next license on it, pull the skin off. I mean, yeah, but... like It's not. It's a good system. But what I'm telling you is that like that's not the point. Like, Dan talking about you know, I don't want to play a game right now. I want to read a book. Like, to me, none of those pieces of media are are different to me. Like, I just want to consume something because mm-hmm. and I think that's just because I come to games for different reasons. Like, I come for story versus yeah, mechanics. Yeah. See, I come for a story a lot. So, well. like, playing a game to me is reading a book. Like, I don't see those things as, like, kind of different uh Topics maybe they do engage different parts of a person's brain, but I would agree with you. So in my eyes, looking at the Telltale games and saying like, "Well, it's just the same gameplay over and over." It's like, yeah, but the skin is not them taking like. No, no, and I'm, no I know you're joking, but like no, the no, point. I'm, but I'm not also taking like I understand that the the cell for Telltale games is the narrative they're giving. I'm not taking. I'm just saying I don't. I can get that better from other mediums. Mm. Yeah, which is why. Like, and you say that you're medium agnostic. Whereas, like, I, I feel like I embrace mediums for what they... Like, I, I think that... This is what I talking about the other day. I think Watchmen is, like, the perfect execution of the comic book medium. Yeah. I think that to kill... I mean, um... To Kill a Mockingbird is, like, one of the best, like... To set a Watchmen. No. no. Alex is racist. No. I was just gonna say... <laughs> <laughs> you know what we call Alex is Alex, Alex, stop being such a racist. <laughs> but, like, and I think that... You know, and I, I strongly believe that you need to make... You, you can't... You can do whatever you want. You guys can do whatever you want, but you're wrong. Sweet. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, like, I think that I, I come to different mediums for very different reasons. You know? And I think that I, I could never play a game. If I want to read a book, and I, and like, like I do. Like, I, I actively enjoy reading, but I, it's not the same part of my brain that likes Destiny. Like, I'm not reading the page. I'm like, I want a new sniper rifle. Nope. I want a new sniper rifle. Um... I think you have to. Um, there's a big difference between some of the games you've been talking about, what you're talking about, you know, narrative-driven games versus ones like XCOM or Colonel Space Program or Besiege that actually engage a part of your brain um, that isn't consuming narrative content. True. Um, That's true. Or you well, build take, your it own to, take it to the extreme. I mean, you you know, there's also puzzle games. I mean, yeah. look at Tetris. The whole time you're talking about one of the most famous, famous games in history. Yeah. No right? narrative. And there's no narrative because it's about three ads. Your it's purely about... Uh, what's that? Acting was terrible. The acting was terrible. A T-block. Just but to it's, get it's, shit together. It's, it's purely about the mechanic. Right. And that appeals to a very different thing Everyone than what a Telltale game does. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say? Oh, no. And, I, and I'm not... I don't want to like think that I'm saying that... like tell, I'm. It's not my cup of tea because I do approach different mediums for different reasons. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think that... What you're talking about with the... This isn't like... I like those games. Like, I liked... 
I loved Far Cry 2, mm-hmm. which was like universally like mediocre by most people's accounts. Wait, oh yeah, was that the one in Africa? Where you have malaria? Oh, that was awful. I love it. because well, it's because Mason's like, a pyromaniac, so he just <laughs> no, the whole so, like, <laughs> so there's this thing on this other podcast called Idle Thumbs where they talk about all the time like the grenade rolling down the hill. Because there's this thing that only games can do where like the systems all combine to create something that would have never fucking happened. And I had it happen when I was playing Rainbow Six Siege earlier today where, you know, you're, you're constantly breaking into these buildings and uh, the guy next to me we're like we're climbing up the building, right? We're going next to the side. The guy next to me gets shot and just dangles there and then dangles in front of the window. So he's actually my now active cover of like preaching. <laughs> Which that's not like is that as good as the Walking Dead season one story? No, but it's like it feels so different. Apples and oranges. Right, and I don't think those I, things are comparable. Yeah. No, no, and I, but I'm saying like it's I feel like I create I made this thing. Mm. Like I did this. Might. Might. You made Mason game. <laughs> and I think that there's something very... The only games can let you do with that. Right. And yeah. I think that... That's why I think Ken Levine's game is really cool. Or Levine. Because he's doing this narrative Legos thing. He's doing what I've always wanted. Remember when I told you about the, the system, the dialogue system I told you about? Where you make personalities that you assign to characters. Mm-hmm. And then you write for each of those personalities. And each of the characters randomly get assigned two personality traits. And then it influences the dialogue they get. Whoa. So you get that narrative. I have this whole system written down of like how you Dude. do it. And you put it in a spreadsheet. But I hate spreadsheets. But you hate spreadsheets. <laughs> so this is where I come Wait, in. Wait, didn't, like, during boot camp you make a spreadsheet parking meter? Uh, I can make spreadsheets do things. Doesn't mean I like this. He doesn't there. like data entry. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks it's beneath him. <laughs> I didn't say it's beneath me! <laughs> well, really, it is. At least you're not a racist. Alex. <laughs> Seriously. Don't, you see, if it don't just this one, thing. If we mentioned it once, I would have deleted it. But now that we've mentioned it, like, <laughs> five times, it's in there. And I don't know how it's going to fly. Wait, we should clarify, though, like... To be fair to Alex, that he is entirely a racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Mason here is a homophobe. Well, hey, no, no, no! Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, okay. Pot the- calling the kettle black here. Come on. Whoa, now you know whoa, be a race whoa, thing, whoa, Alex. Whoa, Alex. Whoa. I just. <laughs> anything, Danny, anything? Nope. Danny, anything? No. We're going to do a Game Club podcast because you're playing Undertale, right? Um, I'm halfway through it. Where are you? Don't I... talk about it. We're going to talk about We're going to do another podcast. We're going to make the Game Book Club podcast. Okay. Are you... I just got to Would the you shut mountain. The... mountain. The mountain. Uh, you shut you your racist the mouth. Past the town. Okay. Shut your mouth. Was there signs for the town when you had to go to one? Are you going to each town is a, each, for, It's on sale. Eight bucks right now. Okay. On Steam. Do you have Steam on your Mac? Yep. Each right. town is assigned a personality. You get two personalities. And <laughs> towns talk to each other. Um, and then, I was and making a joke like a segregated town. I know. I saw where that was going. Okay. So we'll get that. And maybe we cool. won't do the game club, but we can at least talk about it. Because I know Dylan's been killing to talk about it. I talked okay. about it. When? I talked about it last week. Oh, well, I, I, I stopped listening I, to that podcast after you went to Fall Court Boilers. Uh, that was after the Undertale talk. Not, not gonna lie, Undertale mm. is so fucking hard to look at. He hates the art style. What? I hate the art That's style. That's what I'm saying. We're gonna have a great discussion on it. Okay. Sounds good. Look forward. Friends. I'll work on it. Colleagues. Everyone else. Countrymen. Countrymen. Whatever. Why do you hate gay people, Mason? I just... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dylan gets mad at me because he thinks that I've said things that are offensive to people on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Apparently I'm an asshole. Alright. Good? Good. 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 Fuck Good. all of you. <laughs> nope, that's not how you call it. Shit. <laughs> ah!